93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. And it is Thursday, October 24th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, a man was found stabbed to death in Center City on Wednesday night. It happened at about 7.30 at 9th and Cuthbert Streets. Police said the attacker stabbed the victim who was in his 40s multiple times in the back of his head and his neck. The man was taken to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. Yeah, terrible. Police are still trying to identify the victim. Investigators have recovered a possible weapon, but no arrest at this point have been made. A second suspect is being questioned in connection with the shooting death of a toddler in Philadelphia over the weekend. The second suspect was taken into custody Wednesday on unrelated charges. He has not yet been identified. On Tuesday night, police arrested Freddie Perez of Chester, Delaware County. Perez is being charged with the murder of two-year-old Nicolette Rivera. He is also facing nine counts of attempted murder and two counts of conspiracy to commit murder. Perez was taken into custody from his home in the 2000 block of Edgemont Avenue late Tuesday night. A Philadelphia police served a warrant at his home Sources say bags of evidence were taken from the home, but it's not clear exactly what was in the home. Uh, also, I saw one report where neighbors were talking to uh, the news crews, and they said that this family apparently had just moved into the house like two weeks ago. Uh, the shooter opened fire with an assault rifle on a home in North Philadelphia. Two-year-old Nicolette Rivera was shot in the head and killed. Her 24-year-old mother was also shot twice, but she's expected to survive. And then a contractor who was inside the home cleaning carpets was also shot in the stomach. He's listed in critical but stable condition. Acting Police Commissioner Christine Coulter said police believe the shooting stemmed from a dispute with the girl's father. It may have been drug-related, but police said the house was targeted. Former Penn State assistant football coach Jerry Sandusky is asking a federal court to do what state courts so far haven't and either grant him a new trial or release him from prison. I think that's going to happen, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Seems Let likely. Yeah. yeah right. The 75-year-old Sandusky filed a petition Tuesday that repeats many of the arguments he's made in state courts about why his 45-count child abuse, uh, sexual abuse conviction should be overturned. He claims, Is uh-uh a defense? I don't know. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, claim, he claims of a... Uh, his claims of a tainted trial in 2012 include a prosecutor's reference to jurors that Sandusky didn't testify, that his former lawyers didn't have enough time to prepare, and that the legal team made several mistakes. A state appeals court ruled earlier this year that mandatory minimums were improperly applied to sentencing uh, him to 30 to 60 years, so he's being resentenced next month in county court. I didn't know that. Did you guys see that movie where Pacino played Paterno? I only saw a little part of it. I, I, I meant, always meant to get around to watching it, and yeah. I did not see the whole thing. Did they, you? Yeah, and they really, you know, obviously we know how horrible and creepy it is, but I, they really convey that in the movie and yeah. and then the which whole, part about how creepy, uh, uh, and, or, yeah, yeah. And, and and all of that stuff that's going on, and and then this whole, uh, I don't know, am I, you know, I don't know if I want to get involved or however it plays out or whatever, you know, is completely real. We'll never know, but yeah, we'll right. We've been told. Yep. I mean, listen, he did it, right? Yeah, he yeah. did it. Um, just. Stay there and take your licks, man. You, you know, like... But somebody who would do that doesn't have the, the, the mental yeah, faculty yeah. to not... Yeah. They're going to... Oh, okay. I should be let out. Yeah. Oh, I should take advantage of children. It's the same mindset. That's ridiculous. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he filed in federal court a petition uh, asking for either for him to be released or for a new trial. Uh, but he is being resentenced next month in county court. So we'll you guys 
go to Megan's Law, that, that website, right? Oh, you know, you I get I get them. alerts from through LifeLock. Yeah. Okay, all, all that stuff. Yeah, you got anybody in your like close proximity near uh, you? Within, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd be surprised. And and what happens is, so if you if you have LifeLock, they they will send you alerts if anybody with any sort of history moves into your area. Huh, I've never looked at that. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. my uh, my na- my he's a friend of mine. My neighbor he he sent me a website uh, the, the that website uh, two weeks ago, and uh, and you know. There was somebody in my neighborhood, and yeah. I and I, but I, I I was aware of this person, so I clicked on the link. I'm like, yeah, I know that guy, and I'm like, oh, you can um, you can see what kind of car they drive. So I clicked on his uh, vehicle make. I'm like, this dude was driving around on my side of the neighborhood, like doing weird, th- so weird that I like called the police. I'm like, yeah, man, there's no this kidding. like yeah, at like nine o'clock at night. Um, oh. there's no reason for the and like he was parked in front of this house and then like drove like real slow past my house. Went and, like, parked at the corner, then, like, drove behind my neighborhood, like, behind my house. Wow. And then was, like, because there's, like, an access road. Then he was parked behind the access. I'm, like, I'm watching this all go on. And I'm and I'm texting my police officer friend. I'm, like, dude. Wait, this you is- know it was this guy? Oh, oh, well, I'll have to tell you off the air. It's a very distinct vehicle. Okay. Very distinct vehicle. Wow. And I'm, like. And then I know I was it's like, a, "It's a DeLorean with time travel equipment." Well, that's crazy, yeah. I was going right? to say it's a large dog with big floppy ears. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Says much. The shagging yeah. wagon. 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 Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, I found somebody I knew on Megan's Law. <gasps> no Whoa. way. Okay. Yeah, you that guys was are fun. still best of friends. No, <laughs> that was like it was like that was like text chain like you wouldn't believe. Who did, does anybody know? What's happening? I know, yeah. I know. Okay, and now actually, it's it's very appropriate to talk because we as we go around uh, as we get closer to um, Halloween, Halloween yeah. uh, there are some uh, counties and some districts that have uh, posted no trick or treat signs, and there's there's sort of a civil rights. Yeah, I saw that story. Yeah, yeah, it's yep. cr- it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, All right, how maybe ba- we should do sports, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 let's do sports. Sacks are yummy. Joel Embiid had 15 points and 13 rebounds. Ben Simmons scored 24 points, and the Sixers beat the Boston Celtics 107-93 in last night's in South Philly. The two teams combined for more than 60 fouls. Furkan Korkmaz and Tobias Harris made consecutive three-pointers in the fourth quarter after the Sixers had missed 21 of 24 through the first three quarters. Up next for the Sixers is a game on the road on Saturday in Detroit against the Pistons. Last night in Houston, Steven Strasburg outpitched fellow ace Justin Verlander to help the Washington Nationals beat the Astros 12-3 for a commanding 2-0 lead in the World Series. Kurt Suzuki hit a tie-breaking homer in a six-run seventh and the Nationals headed back home, needing two wins in three potential games in Washington to claim their first championship. Game three is tomorrow night. The Flyers are back in action tonight with a game in Chicago against the Blackhawks. The puck drops at 8.30, and the Union continue their playoff run with a game in Atlanta tonight against United FC. The match is scheduled to start at 8 o'clock, and that's what I have for you this awesome. morning. All right, thank you very much, Kath. We're set to go, but listen, before we start, I kind of want to uh, admit something and apologize a little bit. I tried really hard this morning, but I just... Um, I don't feel sexy today. Oh. I just, uh, oh. 
Why, was, why not? I, I couldn't pull it off. I don't know. I just, you know, you I was right? looking in the mirror huh. and, and I just... Uh, Did you use your Kylie kit? I know there's a certain standard I try to live to and I yeah. just can't bring it today. Hmm. And it sucks because we have an in-studio guest and I wanted to feel look and look, for him. look great today. I know. Frank, especially him. Frank Stallone's going to be here he's today. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a good-looking fella. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited to have him in, but, you know, maybe he can... He can look pace. Frank a has a chance. He's, a he's worked in Hollywood. He, he knows. knows. He may know some quick cheats that might get you feeling awful pretty. <laughs> Maybe so. But anyhow, Frank Stone will be here. I am excited about that. Around nine o'clock, and there's a new documentary called Stallone. Frank, that is. <laughs> I watched it last night. I loved it. I, I you know, so I was taking notes and I was telling these guys, you know, uh, things oh, things that could come up that we we talk about. I had nine pages of notes by the time we were done. Mm-hmm. I condensed it down, but oh my God, there's this and we're, you and I are fans of the, of the Twisted Sister movie, and I said it's very similar to that. Okay. Near miss. Oh, after well. near miss. Yeah. After near miss. And the guy just kept, you know, kept going. Yeah. It's, it's great. And he works, and he pops up and stuff Absolutely. that you know. Absolutely, you know? yeah. So, uh, Frank will be here around 9 o'clock. Uh, before that, we have a, uh, a, a friend of the show who is just phenomenal, and it was announced that he is composing the music for The Batman. Michael Giacchino will be on the program today. The and his list of credits are ridiculous. And he's just the nicest guy in the world. And he, he's getting lots of accolades for his soundtrack for Jojo Rabbit, the uh, uh, the new satire film that's getting a lot of attention. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So right. It's uh, very cool. Uh, so Michael will be in touch. He's in uh, Actually, he's in Italy. And uh, we're going to chat with him in the 8 o'clock mm-hmm. hour. Uh, so we have that and a bunch of other things going on. We have a meet and eat today. Uh, Jersey Sports Bar and Pizzeria will be getting in this morning. They're part of the Bud Light Platinum Thursday night. Huddle tonight, by the way. And uh, it says here on my uh, screen or my information, Nick McElfarts will be there. <laughs> wow. Tonight from 7 to 9. <laughs> Your chance to win uh, birds tickets and more. You know what I really enjoy is, <laughs> I'm genuinely I'm serious about this. When my like my friends and family call me McElfarts, uh, yeah. it cracks me the F up. It's well, so told, damn funny. I told you, Nick a story. I was sending contact information from somebody who was coming to the studio. <laughs> I sent his information to contact Nick when they got here to get in. They wanted to come in and sit on the show. And so I just, I did the share the contact thing without even thinking about it. And she writes back and she says, because I have him listed as Nick McWhat the F with his oh. full word spelled out. Okay. She says, that's his name? <laughs> totally forgot. From but, time to time, he does get Macklejiz from Casey. Yeah. yeah. Which that is one's fun. less endearing. Macklefarts, yeah. When my girlfriend turns me on the couch, she says, hey, Macklefarts, pass the popcorn. And, you know, <laughs> feels good. Nice. Uh, so they're stopping in today. We have a few other things going on. So we're going to take a quick break, come back in a moment. Don't forget, we have uh, giveaways. And I'll, I'll try, Kathy, can you help me get sexy in the commercial break? Uh, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll feel better when like, we fluff return. your hair, we'll blow it out. I don't no, know, you can't do anything on the outside to you fix what's going it's on inside. the inside. It's inside. You heard yeah. on the, have you ever been to you is the question I have. Right. We'll take a break and uh, be right back. Stay with us. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So I don't know what you did between the news and now, but 
You look super hot. Do I look hot? Thank super you. Hot. Thank you. I just um, I adjusted the attitude. I, I, you know, it is. It's so much attitude, isn't it? As you said earlier, Steve, I visited me. Yeah. And uh, and now I feel sexy again. Yeah. So thank you. I appreciate the compliment. It's important. All right. So we're going to do a stupid question. I got this from uh, listener Ryan. Ryan Warner, who actually signed his uh, email, Nipple Boy. <laughs> And the reason he signed it, Nipple Boys, and he sent me a picture along with it, he came out to, I believe, it must have been our last Christmas miracle broadcast, and, you know, people wear their Christmas sweaters, and his had a hole where his uh, boob is, and he made the nipple uh, Rudolph's nose. That's right. So he is now known as Nipple Boy, and he's a loyal listener out of Raleigh, North Carolina. And so the question, which, by the way, we're going to give away Steely Dan tickets for Friday, November 8th at the Met. Uh, the question that he sent in is originally formed in 1898 out of New York. The National Biscuit Company is now known as what? Oh, okay. I know Two, this. 215-263-WMMR. <laughs> so formed in 1898 uh, out of New York, the National Biscuit Company is now known as what? Let's see if you know the answer. 215 215- Two one five two six three WMMR. Let's go through some birthdays today on Thursday, October twenty fourth. Uh, let's start with Kevin Klein, great actor. Great actor can do comedy, can do drama. Yeah, super intense in the movie Sophie's Choice. Have you ever seen that? I never did see that. Yeah, movie. he is a a, a totally uh, charismatic lunatic, really, uh, and he is responsible for a tremendous amount of sadness in the movie. But okay. you can't help but love him. It's 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 it's, it's a depressing movie. Yeah, and uh, some of the great comedies, I mean, include A Fish Called oh, Wanda. So <laughs> good. <laughs> Do we have the apology where he's holding oh, out the window? Yeah, we do. I love that scene. I offer a complete and utter retraction. The imputation was totally without basis in fact and was in no way fair comment and was motivated purely by malice. And I deeply regret any distress that my comments may have caused you or your family. And I hereby undertake not to repeat any such slander at any time in the future. He's being hung out a window. <laughs> Upside yeah, down. Yeah. Upside down, yeah. Uh, I love it. But uh, Kevin Klein played Otto in that movie, and it's just a you, great character. Well... What would you say is his best role? You, a role that I love is is Dave. Is is yep. Dave is great. Yeah. It's just such a heartfelt, wonderful movie. Yeah, uh, In and Out was fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but going back to uh, <laughs> going back to a fish called Wonder. After he accidentally hits Reggie, the lawyer on the, uh, and it's not Reggie. It's uh, I forgot his name. Anyhow. Hits him because his last name is Leach, and I'm thinking Reggie Leach of <laughs> the Flyers. No, it is Reggie. Is it Reggie? She Leach? Calls him, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, I don't know. Well, anyway, anyway, he's got you. Anyway, too. he bangs him over the head. He doesn't realize it's him, and then he's he's going. He was supposed to apologize to him. He's thinking, to him, "I'm sorry. I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. And what were you doing in there, you stupid son of a bitch? Oh my god, I'm sorry. Oh, you know what he's good into? Archie. Archie, Archie Leach. Leach. Archie Not Reggie Leach. Archie Leach. All time goal scorer. Of um, soap dish. Uh, I love Soap Dish. Soap Dish is a parody of soap operas. Yeah, uh, Carrie Fisher's in it, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg. He's <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, so, uh, but the big chill, and on and on and on. He's seventy-two today, and married to uh, Phoebe Cates. Yes, uh, still. still long time they've been together. Another wonderful actor from the world of drama, F. Murray Abraham. F him. F that guy. Guy's really good. Won an Oscar for Amadeus. Probably his signature role. That is, I have always loved that movie. 
Um, and he's a, he's got a role in Scarface as well. You've seen him in tons of stuff. He's 80 years old today. Wow. 80 years old. He's in uh, Homeland? Is that is the he? guy? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, his... Yep. Okay. You know what you'll see him in now? Uh, it pops up a lot around Halloween is the remake of 13 Ghosts. Okay. He's really good. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, he's, guy, he's the mastermind. He's the mastermind That's right. behind yeah. it all, yeah. All right, so uh, F him. He's F 80 today. Uh, designer Zach Posen. Don't know him, uh, but he's on my list. Uh, Kathy, you ever heard of him? Mm, no. Okay. I get the feeling he could make you feel sexy. You know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. He could probably With his fashions. Dress it up. Yeah. Why should I know him? No. no, I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, I thought you were... I know I, he, dre- I, he dresses David Faustino, so perhaps it, that's a collection. It just says Zach Posen designer, so yeah. I don't know any more than that. So he's 39 today. Uh, actor B.D. Wong. Very uh, good. Yeah, and he's he's appeared in a good amount of the Jurassic Park movies. He's also uh, played, um, God, uh, having a brain fart on the name, Harvey Strange, or the doctor, the, the evil malicious doctor in Arkham Asylum in oh. Gotham. He was really good. He plays a malicious guy really well. And in Father of the Bride, he's oh, the yeah. uh, one of the wedding coordinators. With Martin uh, yeah, Short. Martin yeah. Short, yep. He's 59 today. He's also Mr. Robot. Uh, Bill Wyman, formerly of the Rolling Stones, uh, was one of the bass players, is uh, 83 years old today. Who is the, so is Charlie Watts the oldest member of the Rolling Stones? I, you know what? I know he looks the oldest, he but sure I want to say that he's not because I remember be, going, he, he's not the oldest, you know, so, but I'm, what I'm, not, the? I'm not 100% sure. But uh, Bill Wyman might be. He's 83 today. Mick is the oldest. Get what? Yeah. Mick? Mick turns no uh, 76. Really? Yeah. Huh, this guy's 83. Uh, so, well, but I guess active member. Okay. Uh, then you have Shanae uh, Grimes, who was on 90210. Yeah. She's 30. And then the last birthday, it's Drake's birthday today. Drake. Drake. Gotta say it, that's just something they know. Uh-huh. They know, they know. This is Preston's favorite song. Last time I got in the car with him, this is like the first thing that he the played. first jam with the Maserati yeah. when you rented like, the Maserati? Yep. Well, I was feeling ultra sexy. That Absolutely. Day. So that's why I put it. You're doing your, you waving with the hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Drake, uh, I was watching video of Drake's jet. Uh, you know, like commercial jet that says Drake on the side that's been modded to all of his specifications. Mm-hmm. And it's just insane. <laughs> wow. Crazy. I believe it. I couldn't tell you. You played this. I Yeah. I couldn't have told you that's Drake. I, I, I'm, I'm so out of the loop in he that world. He is so I modest. Just, oh, my oh, God. So he's <laughs> adorable. <laughs> today. Thank you. All right. Let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Originally formed in 1898 out of New York, the National Biscuit Company is now known as what? And I will go to Lori. Hey, Lori, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful, Lori. Uh, what is the National Biscuit Company now known as? Nabisco. Yeah. <laughs> Nabisco. Hold on a moment, Lori. We're going to give you some tickets to see the one and only Steely Dan, Friday, November 8th at the Met Philly, and as part of their epic three-night stand at the Met, November 6th, 8th, and 9th, and the show on the 9th is sold out. Some tickets remain for the 8th on the 6th and are still available via Ticketmaster.com. Complete details at WMMR.com, by the way. Uh, Let's start with this. Rose McGowan says that Harvey Weinstein tried to silence her and make sure that her rape allegations against him didn't make it into her 2018 memoir. On Wednesday, she actually filed suit against Weinstein, lawyers David Boys and Lisa Bloom, and a private intelligence agency, Black Cube, in California federal court. 
She's suing him for racketeering, violations of the Federal Wiretap Act, invasion of privacy, fraud, and international infliction of emotional distress, intentional infliction of emotional distress. This is wild. Uh, The complaint opens saying this case is about a diabolical and illegal effort by one of America's most powerful men and his representatives to silence sexual assault uh, victims. Uh, And it is about the courageous women and journalists who persisted to uh, reveal the truth. And if you think she's like, uh, if she's, you know, grasping at straws here, I was uh, reading an interview. There's a Vanity Fair article with the guy who used to produce the Ronan Farrow show on MSNBC. Mm -hmm. And so he was talking about how they were shut down at every turn by MSNBC. And then he believes his house was broken into because Harvey Weinstein had hired that group you, you mentioned. Yeah. They're ex-Mossad agents. Oh, really? So, like, they're experts. At, and so he believes his house has been broken into a couple of times, phones tapped and stuff like that. Oof. It's crazy the length they went to. Yeah, it doesn't sound too far. No. I mean, because you know how powerful Harvey Weinstein was. Mm-hmm. It, it just he, he just dominated. He was like old-style movie mogul. So in response, Weinstein's lawyer, Phyllis Kupferstein, told Hollywood Reporter... Once and for all, Rose McGowan will be shown to be what she is, a publicity seeker looking for money. From the moment she sought a multi-million dollar payout in return for not making these baseless allega- uh, for not making these baseless allegations, which we rejected, we knew that she was waiting for an opportune time to begin this. We will demonstrate that this case has no legal merit. Yeah, it sounds like they worked it out. It does. Yeah. Uh, McGowan also insinuates that Weinstein had drugs planted on her, which resulted in her arrest. Nine days after her lawyer, Jose Baez, had uh, convinced her to plead no contest and not fight the charges, he joined Weinstein's criminal defense team. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she, I know. Yeah. So she is seeking damages. Y- wow. You at least have to say, huh? Exactly. Uh, singer Billie Eilish has made the top ten on a list compiled by cybersecurity firm McAfee of which celebrities are among the most dangerous to search for online. We've heard about lists like this, Mm -hmm. where you're likely to get fished and all that stuff. In its latest annual poll, McAfee shares what names were most likely to link you to malicious websites and viruses. Now, last year, Kim Kardashian topped the list. She's all the way down to number 26. Oh, that doesn't bode well. With, here you go. The UK's Love Island host, Caroline Flack, taking the dangerous top spot. Oh, man. I don't even That's, know who Caroline Flack is. I don't either. That's the number one uh, The number one person. Uh, coming in second is Game of Thrones star Maisie Williams. Late Late Show host James Corden is number three. Nicki Minaj is fourth. And Eilish finishes in fifth place. The rest of the top ten includes actors Josh Gad, Misha Barton, uh, singer Sam Smith, Dua Lipa, and Liam Hemsworth, respectively. Is your daughter into uh, Billie Eilish at all? Not really. I thought she might be, but yeah. um, I I think she's cool. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's not not a, right. not a thing. Her uh, performance on SNL was pretty cool. That first performance. Did you see any uh, footage of that? They actually mm-hmm. did the, the the room that turned over. So yeah, she's I read about up it. the walls and stuff like that. That's cool. It was really good. Nice. Uh, so McAfee, uh, Raj Semani, uh, I guess he works there. He's a dude that works there. <laughs> yeah, I work there. Yeah. Uh, Magabee's Raj. Raj. Hey, Raj, take out the trash. Yeah, I heard you. <laughs> God damn it. God damn you. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> Raj Samani 
stated, often consumers put speed and convenience over security by clicking on suspicious links that promise content featuring our favorite celebrities. Raj. It's just Raj saying all this. Uh, consumers need to think before they click to be sure that they are surfing to safe digital content and protecting themselves by cybersecurity threats that may be used to infect their devices or steal their identity. Our security system that we have here in our company is, it's like, this is, they take this stuff very, very seriously. Well, they need to because the fear is, is that you have your, um, your, your stuff hijacked and then what they call ransomware. It just happened to the school district where my kids go to school ransomed. I mean, said we're, we're holding all this data hostage until you pass. They got it worked out somehow or another. I don't, I didn't find out the details, but. It happened. So you and I are on dark web Taiwanese <laughs> snuff film porn Excuse a lot. Me? Oh, maybe I just... Uh, but no, no, but I mean, so that stuff is... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, you, you run the risk. That's why yeah. it's, it helps to have a good, uh, you know, a good service. Now, mm-hmm. our email service takes care of any potential risk by making sure we <laughs> never get email. Yeah. It, it is... It's very difficult. It's uh, There's a lot of hoops you have to jump through, but they are very protective. And yes. Rightfully so, because, uh, listen... It can these... break down a company. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, the federal indictment charging Mosimu Giannulli and Lori Laughlin with bribery shows two new alleged quotes from the designer. May I ask you something? That Could... some say may incriminate them further, yes. I, I didn't mean to derail your thing. Oh, okay. Could you turn your coffee cup around? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you see yeah, Casey's face. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, sorry. you're uh, blocking... Sorry. And I look forward to it every morning. It's a it's a pretty <laughs> it's masterful. Anyway. So uh, uh G- Giannulli and uh Lori Laughlin? Yeah, so there are uh apparently um there the the federal indictment charging them a bribery shows two new alleged quotes that may incriminate them further. According to CNN, the mastermind of the alleged scam, uh William Rick Singer contacted the pair saying that he needed Isabella's transcript and test scores, and he said, very soon, while I create a Coxon portfolio for her. Oh, that's disgusting. Uh, no, that's a uh, that's in the, the boats oh, that they row, the, oh. the, the, the kind of the, the oh, culture. You're right, you know. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it would probably Who's that help. Guy? Who's that guy jacking in the front of the boat? <laughs> He's the Coxon. Uh, no, uh... They where was I? I don't know. We're talking, talking about, about. Uh, that they have. Oh, here you go. So Rick Singer said it would uh, probably help to get a picture of her on an ERG in workout clothes, like a real athlete. Yes, he wrote, I'm looking for an erg, uh, referring to an indoor rowing machine. That's okay. what an ERG is. Fantastic, Giannulli replied, according to the indictment. We'll get all. And once she uh, was enrolled at USC, Singer emailed Giannulli an invoice for $200,000, which Giannulli then forwarded to his accountant. And apparently he allegedly wrote, good news, my daughter is in USC. Bad is I had to work the system. Um, <laughs> but then again, that might, you know, if he says work the system, that uh, he that may... Indicate that he thought this was on the level, but had to jump through a bunch well, of hoops to make it happen. What, what you're saying is actually part of what the um, believed defense will be, that it was simply sort of the way it was laid out to them. Now, yeah. it doesn't make it legal, but it might um, right. it might result in less of a charge against them or less of a, a punitive. As you've said before, plausible, di- uh, well, a plausible deniability. Plausible deniability, yeah. 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 
So uh, the source said the stress is about to break them over this with the new charges the pair face up to 50 years in prison. So, speaking of prison, uh, Felicity Huffman is not up to Martha Stewart's elevated prison attire standards. Oh. The lifestyle guru reveals Stewart, who herself served five months in prison for obstructing justice in 2004, said of Huffman's appearance in prison garb, she should style her outfit a little bit more. <laughs> she looks pretty schlumpy. Ooh, <laughs> Now, That's not good. By the way, uh, Felicity Huffman will be out, what, at the end of next week? or yeah, what? she's yeah. doing 13 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, why would Martha Stewart say that? Well, like, she made the remarks during a Vanity Fair asked. summit in L.A. The magazine yeah. shared in a tweet that has gone viral. Huffman is uh, doing time at the Federal Communications. Uh, federal, not Federal Communications Commission. <laughs> well, they could send us to prison? Federal Correctional Institution in Dublin, California. Photos of her in a dark green prison jumpsuit were published over the weekend. So, yeah, she was asked about it, but, yeah, she she did use the word schlumpy. Yeah. She could have said, look, she's in prison. What do you expect? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm incarcerated, I mean, she, Martha. Yeah. <laughs> she had to have said it jokingly. <laughs> I hope so. And just uh, in print, it looks She bad. was asked, and so she, she said it. And I saw pictures of her during that conversation. She was, like, chuckling. So that's... Can you give me the incarcerated <laughs> I'm incarcerated, Martha! <laughs> That's her. That's just her simple <laughs> response to Martha Stewart. God, that sucks. Wow. I'm just looking at the picture of her in the green jumpsuit. She's got a hat on, her glasses. She does look hey, a little. No, though, what you listen, need to know. She does look a little frumpy. She does look a little schlumpy. But like, yeah. she's schlumpy. It just stinks that she's got to go to jail. She's wearing Under Armour sneakers and a watch. Yeah, you're right. right. You're she's right. all right. At it's the end of it all, yeah. she's doing, uh, you know, yeah. she'll be fine. She'll come out the other end of this and she'll be good. But, um, uh, she's at a place called Club uh, yeah, Club yeah. Fed, so it's, it's, it's light. super light security. Yeah. You guys uh, want some good news? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we can see the sun. The sunrise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they finally actually did oh, take did the take tarp. Are we yeah. sure? Yeah, yeah, we're sure. We saw them take it down yesterday right. after the show. So it was. Steve, uh, if you look over my shoulder, you can actually see a little bit of the sunrise. Oh! I know, Yay. but. What? Bad news. We can see where they're building the new entryway, and that will eventually be blocked off. Really? Yeah. Right. Look. Look at like the uh, the beams and stuff that they have up. Well, I think those are simply. Oh, I don't know, well, this time right. of year, the sun goes a little bit to the left of our window, yeah. and at least in the spring and summer, It'll we'll come... see it over to the right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. We need these sun. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, the uh, photosynthesis. This has been your sun update yes. on the Preston and Steve show. <laughs> You can go on with your morning. We can see the sun. Back to the entertainment stuff. Uh, Serial romancer Pete Davidson was spotted leaving supermodel Kaya Gerber's apartment on Wednesday. Kaya Gerber is Cindy Crawford's daughter. According to Page Six. I know. What is it with this guy? Davidson recently split from Once Upon a Time star Margaret Qualley. It's got to be drugs. Before that, he dated Kate Beckinsale. And then, was of course, he was engaged to Ariana Grande. So he's on a roll. I think he has sort of a boyish thing about it. Now, the rumor was that he's hung, but I don't know. They, they can just say that That's and it's just going to so be BS. Wide. I mean, look at his face. He looks know. like a goblin. Yeah, you're, you're preaching the choir here. I, I don't, don't know, know what it is. But who knows? It continues. Uh, let's see. This I'll tell you this, though. Thing, one thing, Preston, and we've talked about this before. Ariana Grande set him up for high-quality women because once, oh, you're in that league now. I believe in that. I do believe in that. Absolutely. I, I firmly believe that if if an average dude scores, for some reason, a really out-of-his-league gal, it makes the other girls go, well, what's that all about? They take notice. Yeah. And they I mean, almost want... It's like Pandora's box. What's yep. in there? It's, yeah. you know, it's a movie plot, too. Yeah. 
Uh, to uh, a Patriot. <laughs> no, can't buy me love. Oh, can't buy me love. Is, uh, oh, is, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So it seems that Jessica Biel did not think highly of her now husband, Justin Timberlake's earliest musical efforts. Appearing on The Tonight Show on Tuesday, uh, she was confronted with video footage proving her distaste for sync back in the day. And in the video, uh, it's a, ni- a clip from 1999. Uh, she was asked if she was a fan of the group, and she said, to be honest, I mean, I know of them, of course, and I've heard of them, and I've heard their music, but I don't think I own any of their CDs, and I'm not a huge fan, but I mean, cool, I guess. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she, she, was shown this, uh, she was shown this footage, and her response was, I am so screwed now. So <laughs> I love it when they find stuff like that. Oh, you know, okay, so that's Fallon as well, and he's like besties with uh, Justin, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Yeah. yeah, it was just for fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Was, that's uh, great. Yep. Uh, let's see here. How about this? Kylie Jenner and her BFF, Stassi Karanakolo. Who? I don't know who that is. Well, they got matching surgery. What? Oh, wow. That's so awesome. Isn't what, it, though? What do you mean? Well, we were going to do matching surgery uh, a couple of vacations ago. Yeah, we decided. Well, yeah, it, was, it right. wasn't the exact wasn't the procedure. procedure, but we were both going to get right, surgery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they were tw- they got twinning LASIK procedures. The F is that? No, perfecting their eyesight. So they both decided to get LASIK at the okay. same time. It's not really a story. I just thought I'd bring it up. Uh, but the story reads, mainly, mainly I put this in here because it says, Stassi, Natch, shared truly uh, disturbing video of the post-procedure duo showing them barely able to open their peepers. Uh, then through a party to celebrate their birthday uh, their birthday of sight, that's what they called it, wearing matching latex dresses featuring big eyeballs on Get them. a job. <laughs> they had a Why? chance. They had a chance. They had a laser pointed right at their faces. <laughs> they could have ended it. Yep, they could Why? So we saw the procedure. It took place about ten minutes. This was a couple of years ago. LASIK, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, and it was you know done. Yep, yep. It's pretty uh, pretty routine now. Yeah. Uh, playing a blind warrior, and we went from LASIK to a blind. Yeah. Person. A blind warrior has made Jason Momoa appreciate his wife, Lisa Bonet, even more. Because she's blind, right? No. The Aquaman... uh, She's a warrior. The Aquaman star told people that the Apple TV series C has made him attentive and aware. He said, I don't know if there's one, but I do believe, and I don't want to sound like, oh, there's an aura and this and that, but there is definitely an energy. Uh, he said, the hell is he I, talking I about? Make sense, Aquaman. He said, there's <laughs> definitely, you can feel an energy off of people, and now I'm a little bit more attentive to my wife's energy. All right. So what he's saying is with you, there's a, there's something that uh, transcends sight and aura and energy field around people that he can sense, uh-huh. and it's all thanks to a show he's being paid to do. And the on-site. Yeah. He says, now. <laughs> now. Lisa! He said, now I'm connected. So. I'll tell you this. Uh, the plot is interesting for this. There's some sort of uh, thing that takes place or a soul or something or whatever that renders everyone blind. So these these kingdoms have to carry on, you know, and there's there's there are battles going on. It looks something it looks something uh, like along the lines of a Conan the Barbarian sort of reality, you okay. know. And uh, but the, I think o- only the kids can see or no. but it, it sounds cool. Yeah, I don't. I thought like maybe like one or two kids could see all of a sudden, and then the they Gibbons to, kids, yeah, the Gibbons kids, <laughs> they wanted to take him out. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah, okay. all right. We'll so, see. So this takes place. Way, I mean, they, this isn't. 
isn't like right when everybody's blind. They've already acclimated and they know how to. Uh, I think they operate in a blind world. I think they're adjusting. Is oh, what, they're adjusting. Is what, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, interesting. All right. Well, uh, another story. RuPaul has announced a new drag race spinoff. It's called RuPaul's Celebrity Drag Race. I'd like to see him actually do full blown drag race. Yeah, in, yeah, in a, like a top fuel vehicle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dressed. Oh my God, girlfriend! Cross dressing. Uh, yeah, yeah, with and, the, the big bouffant and yeah. racing top fuel. I think I'm ready to go. All right, wait for the green light. <laughs> so, uh, RuPaul's. <laughs> High heels and on fire, running. There's there's heels flying out of the vehicle, and you know nails all over the place. Siobhan! Uh The show will drop in 2020, and each show will focus on different celebs who will have major drag makeovers from uh, former contestants like Alyssa Edwards and Kim Chi. Uh, we have a bunch of kimchi. We do. Here, yeah, we? It's a vegan kimchi. Yeah. Each guest will then compete for title and money, and uh, all wins will be donated to the charity of their choice. That could be interesting. Well, that show Drag Race does extraordinarily well. Mm-hmm. It always gets Emmys. Yep. I've seen it a couple of times. It's, it's pretty what? Excuse me. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. The idea of uh, people cross-dressing and driving. And they look so pretty. And drag- yeah. dragsters. I can understand. <laughs> Uh, CBS has renewed all five of its first-year series, including dramas Evil and All Rise and comedies Carol's Second Act, The Unicorn, and Bob Hart. Bob, yeah, it's um, Bob Loves, uh, Ayosha or whatever. Abishola? Right. Okay. So it's It's got a little heart emoji, so. It's two different cultures. It's basically, uh, uh, he's. he's, Bob Loves Abishola. Yeah. Okay. A a, a romance. So the one I'm really enjoying. It's got Billy Gardell. Sorry, yeah. Steve. Yeah, Billy Gardell. So it's okay. uh, where Melissa McCarthy has been replaced by Abishol. Oh, what? Yeah. We yeah, weren't yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. notice that? <laughs> yeah. Actually, on IMDb, it calls it Bob Hart's Abishola. There yeah, you the, go. The actual word, Hart. So. How about that? All right. So these terrific new series have attracted a passionate base of viewers and consistent ratings while delivering <laughs> entertainment, inclusive, and relevant storytelling every week, said Kelly Call, president of CBS Entertainment. Oh, gee, she seems so thrilled. <laughs> yes, uh, the show Evil, very good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it has sort of a darker paranormal edge to it. Well, it's coming back. Yeah. They kept it on board. So, All right. And then one more thing, this very important Nerd Street Gamers announced that NBC Sports Philadelphia will air a full 10-episode season of FTW Philly, the broadcast feature focusing on the world of highly competitive gaming across the Philadelphia region from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania to Atlantic City, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. A pilot episode debuted on NBC Sports Philadelphia in late September with a feature on the players and stories behind the reversal, a national championship series fighting game tournament held in Philadelphia. And Marissa Magnata will be returning as the host of the series. That is correct. That's so cool. Said Magnata, from the <laughs> state-of-the-art arenas to local teens winning millions, esports is the topic of every good conversation lately, and I'm excited to be a part of this great new project. 
FTW Philly delivers eSports stories weekly to all of the fans. Wow. Novice to expert across the Delaware Valley. It's... <laughs> it's very much great. Yeah, this is this is perfect. Marissa is the biggest gamer I know, so she is. All she's a great host though. over it. No, she's yeah. a wonderful host. Uh, new episodes will focus on the traditional live action sports that are partnering with esports. Provide an inside look at some national tournaments being held in the Philadelphia region, such as Harrisburg University Esports Invitational, and showcase the stories that are helping drive this booming industry. The series will shine a light on the rapid development of the Philadelphia esports scene, including the groundbreaking of Fusion Arena, linking it to the global growth. Of the overall industry. Uh, it's a mouthful, but I tell you what, it seems like a good primer, too, for people who are looking to understand what this is all about. Yeah, so Marissa uh, debuts tomorrow? Well, the uh, first two episodes aired, and then uh, it'll f- go through the rest of the year. So, new episode airs tomorrow at okay. 9 on uh, NBC Philadelphia. Yeah, so the way, way it's going to break down, every Friday at 9 p.m. on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus, it says here... And then replay on NBC Sports Philadelphia that same evening. And then each episode will air on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com and on the network's YouTube channel. And you can also head to twitch.tv slash nerdstreet or nerdstgamers if you want to view the episodes after they've been aired. Yeah, exactly. And tomorrow's episode uh, is on the Overwatch tournament that was happening awesome. last week that sold out the Wells Fargo Center. Awesome. Yeah, it's also cool. been picked up by ex-Hamster Preston. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, those are the behind-the-scenes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on there that we didn't know about. Thanks E-sports for sharing that, Preston. Of course, of Exciting. course. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, we're going to do the clips. Here we go. Tensions rise in daybreak. As a group of high school students fight to survive in the wake of a nuclear explosion. Here, Greg Kazian, uh, I guess, yeah. uh, talks about the interesting combination of works the series got inspiration from. Here we go. It's like if Ferris Bueller's Day Off meets Mad Max meets Zombieland. If, they, if it pretty much had a baby is what the, what the series pretty much is. <laughs> <laughs> it's got uh, Matthew Broderick in the show. He referenced... Ferris Bueller. Okay. Uh, and Matthew Broderick is one of the stars. All right. So uh, the entire first season of Daybreak will be on Netflix tomorrow. Here's the next clip. Uh, the best friends are reuniting in New York City for the 11th season of Will and Grace. In this clip, Eric McCormack discusses the importance of the show's set. Sorry. Come on! No, it's at the end. Oh, go ahead. It's that stage, it's that one major set that you spend all your time on that becomes like your sandbox. And Will's apartment is that for me. I can't walk on that set and not be Will. I just relax and I'm and I, that's my house. I think I know it better than some of the rooms in my own house. Shut the f*** up! Uh, the season premiere of Will & Grace is tonight, 9.30 on NBC. And there you go. That's all I have for you this morning. What an amazing report. Thank you. I it took us through all the facets of entertainment that interest us. Amazing is a good word to use. Yes. All right. Uh, I'm going to give away a pair of passes for the screening of Terminator Dark Fate in IMAX Glory uh, next Tuesday at 730 at the UA Riverview. We'll take caller number 11 at 215-263-WMMR, and I will give you a pair. Uh, 7.30, so you need to be there by 7. Once again, it's UA Riverview right there on Columbus Boulevard and hits theaters on November 1st. So give us a call right now. We'll put you on that list. Uh, speaking of movies, we're going to have a couple of movie guys on the program. Michael Giacchino, the composer who's done all the great movie scores in the last 
dozen years or so. He's amazing. Actually, a lot more than that if you go back to The Incredibles and so on. He's working on The Batman, and he's also doing the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, Then you have Frank Stallone. In our studio yes. today. Frank will be here. Frank's awesome. We've had him on the program in years past. Storyteller. Big time. Yeah. And a nice guy. So he's stopping in around 9 o'clock, and he's uh, promoting the new documentary called Stallone. Frank, that is. <laughs> uh, so we're looking forward to that. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us as that sun is coming up on this Thursday morning. Here we go. Here comes the MM Army. What's going on? Hang with Marissa Magnata, Thursday at 6, before Disney in concert. Tim Burton's The Nightmare, before Christmas with the Philly Pops, presented by WMMR at the Met Philly. Tickets and info at phillypops.org. Join Nick McElwain Thursday from 7 to 9 at Jersey Sports Bar and Pizzeria, 2609 Mount Carmel Avenue in Glenside for the Bud Light Platinum Thursday Night Huddle. Enter to win Eagles tickets and signed Eagles merch, courtesy of Bud Light Platinum, and enjoy $3 Platinum bottles and $2.50 Buds and Bud Lights. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks. Uh, it's time to enlighten you, friends, with some uh, studies that were done at the Just Saying Institute. At the Just Saying Institute, located <laughs> over 200 acres in West Virginia, information is gleaned on a daily basis to provide morning shows crap to talk about. Uh, the researchers were tirelessly uh, pooling uh, this information from various institutions around the country. I'm Dr. Van Hasebaffa. <laughs> Here we accrue all the world's information that is routinely referred to as kickers. <laughs> kickers, nice. Uh, so let's uh, let's go into the hallowed halls of the JSI and tell you about this particular story. Scientists at the University of Richmond and led by Dr. Kelly Lambert actually taught rats how to drive. It, it is. Did you guys see the footage? No it's hilarious. What? Freaking. It's Stuart Little. Yep. It told, it's a little car. I kid you not. Steve is right oh about gosh. that. It's a little car, and they, they've taught them how to drive. <laughs> this is in order to study uh, neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to change over time. And the results could have implications for treating human mental health. And like dementia. So here's how this works. Two groups of rats were trained on how to drive a small, quote, rat-operated vehicle or an ROV, also known as a rove. So this is a rat-operated vehicle. (laughs) And first of all, a full... There should be a documentary done on how to train rats to drive. That's not even like the focus of this... This uh, study. Yeah, that alone. Yes. By the way, uh, there have been a number of rat stories recently that indicate, and I don't know if you know anybody who had them growing up, but that they're really great pets. I never knew anybody who had a pet rat. No. Yeah. Oh, I knew somebody who raised them in their basement. Okay. Uh, she had a number of them. Um, but I, I was going to ask you guys a question, and then I just <laughs> looked it up and found out myself. But um, rats are actually uh, the preferred animal for experiments like yeah. this because they're so similar to humans. Yeah, they, they have some physiological things that that are in common with humans on a much smaller scale. That's what I've heard. Well, so no, if- the rat penis is about right. For <laughs> Sadly, I'm Irish, so. Rat okay, penis. so this says that um, rats share a staggering 90% of genes with humans. Wow. Okay. What about shirts? No, they're, they're <laughs> talking not, about not, oh. yeah, not G-E-N-E-S. Like- oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, so anyhow, uh, they one group uh, got raised 
in an enriched environment that included stimulus like ladders and toys. And butlers and stuff. And the other group was raised in a standard lab. Now, the researchers found that the rats raised in the more exciting environment were more adept at operating and steering the rove thanks to the neuroplasticity, the brain's ability to change over time, triggered by their environment. It's amazing. Lambert said that the rats raised in the standard lab failed their driving test, so they're going to have to retake it after six months, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the roves, the rat-operated vehicles... Uh, themselves were made from a gallon-sized plastic food container that included an aluminum floor with three copper bars for steering right, left, and center. Uh, the rats were rewarded for hitting their driving targets with bits of Fruit Loops. So that's what they... <laughs> Hell, I'd go driving for Fruit Loops. That's the reward system that they gave them. But it's a little... It's a little like mechanical car, almost like an, an RC, uh, you know, program there's, car. There's not, there's not much different. They're hitting left, right, and straight. Yeah. They have the three things. They're in there. They actively go inside themselves. We show yeah. there's a footage here of them going in. They appear to be engaged by it. Obviously, the food res- reward as a result is and, the inducement, and they go right to the target. They drive this yes. thing right to the target where the Cheerios are. It's unbelievable. Now, it, it, depending on what age they are, they have to have another adult rat in the uh, right. yeah, in yeah. the jar. And with they them. can't have more than one passenger until right. they're 18. And they're not allowed right. to drive after a certain point no. in the right. day. Right. And they need, um, obviously, this allows them now to start getting their jobs. Right. I, I do get a kick out of watching little kids drive their power wheels for the first time because they have no clue what they're doing. They don't know that the button that they're pushing is making them go that way. Right. They don't know that the steering wheel will you know, keep them from running their little brother or sister over. It's, I mean. It's like seeing a rat drive for yeah. the first time. I mean. Maybe- Rats are better drivers than kids. <laughs> right. But perhaps an even more notable result from the study than rats learning how to drive was the effect that the new skill had on the rodents' hormone levels. The research team found that the rats' stress actually decreased after learning how to drive the rose, which Lambert credited to a new sense of control for the animals. He said it's likely that driving gives the rats a sense of control over their environment. So they feel kind of superior. And we feel that way. You know, you how a car, when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, represents freedom. Totally. And that is a, uh, that is a step, obviously, that occurs to the rats. Now, what I want to see is eventually if they have more than one rat vehicle and they get more than one rat driving at the same time, will we see road rage? Road how, rage. How, right. Rat rage. Rat, rat rage. rage. How soon will rat rage start? After they begin this, because, you know. Do you know what this means, Preston? Mm-hmm. The likelihood of an actual rat van, uh, as we described for the band rat van, yeah. this could happen. Okay. I wonder if they are going to go with a, if they have uh, approached the notion of one rat as driver and one rat as passenger. Right. And then the if the other, if the passenger bitches about Stop. the way. Stop. <laughs> Stop telling me how to drive. Yep. Uh, higher than normal levels of the hormones, corticosterone, uh, 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 yeah, corticosterone, and DHEA were found in the rat's feces, uh, suggesting that not only were the rats stimulated, but were releasing hormones that help cancel out these stressful feelings. Lou. So they like going for a drive. Sift through this rat crap. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, in humans, we would say that it enhances a sense of agency or self-efficacy, uh, uh, Lambert added, explaining that the study helps give insight into uh, behavioral... Uh, um, God, these 
freaking words at the Justine Institute? Uh, Salieri? Siu- Samoan? Seutichels. Seutichels. Seutichels? Behavior suticles? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, why not? It's all one word. Consolieri. Described as activities that release hormones that can ward off prolonged stress brought on by corticosterone. So it's interesting, too, because have you ever just gone out for a drive to relax? Absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. So this might be something that is akin to that as well. I I wonder how long, because what we were seeing was sort of a, a more confined space. I wonder if they were to let them loose on a large, say, like a basketball court. And let them go for a long drive. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I wonder. I, I guess it would part, partially would have to do with their field of vision because I think they need a they need a reward. They need a yes. reason to Something drive. Put a right. huge cheerio at the end of the... Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so you never take a little pleasure, go out for... Hey, you guys want to go out for a drive? No, I do. We do no. that from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you have better roads where you live. Okay. Like, hey, you guys want to go down Harry? Sit, sit in traffic, traffic on 420 yeah, for a right, little right. bit? Uh, 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 <laughs> sit at a red light? Yeah. True. I'm a little more out yeah. than you are. And, and we, we have some really cool country roads. And, yeah. I mean, I have some decent roads, but they're not as long and, and stuff. Like, I can go for a cruise through um, Ridley Creek State Park. How about Rutledge? There's nine streets there, right? There are nine streets <laughs> and a stop corn. Mm-hmm. Stop sign. I said stop corn. Uh, stop corn. There's a stop corn at every Stop center. corn! There's a stop sign literally at every I, single corner. I do have to admit, once we, and, and the idea to get a Jeep was my wife's completely. Um, ever since we got that, I'm like, let's go for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> let's go, uh, go for a drive, man, mm-hmm. in the Chuck, summertime. Chuck D'Amico, I was in his Jeep, and he, he is he is in love with the Jeep life. You take the uh, take the top off and, yeah. the, uh, and the, the doors off, it's a lot of fun. I couldn't do a Jeep as an everyday vehicle. There's no way. It's just it's too bumpy. It's too loud. All that, but I'm not that loud. I've had a Jeep, and I and I had so okay. much fun. Um, so it's not like I'm just you know talking at my ass. But it is it is a loud you know uncomfortable ride. I think for an everyday vehicle. Okay. Now, if I could just cruise on the weekends, top off. But maybe one of these rat operated vehicles is for you. Yeah. Uh, if physicians can identify the behaviors that increase humans' emotional resilience and thereby reducing stress, it could help treat illnesses like depression. Hmm. So that's why they're doing studies like this. I think this is very wild. The rats are helping out. Does it freak you out when you see, remember, like Coco the gorilla doing sign language yeah. and things like that? It is It yes. is pretty amazing to see them start to... Uh, now, mind you, this is obviously very rudimentary, Yeah. but it's still impressive. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, let's see what else the... Uh, Back to in- the Just Saying Institute. Uh, the Institute has uh, sent me this particular story. Uh, There's a constant funnel, by the way, between us and the Institute because we do some research for them as well. We have a tether, and uh, we do have uh, access cards to the monorail. The, and yeah. to the main lab. Uh, that they have there. Yeah. It's like an information viaduct. Yes. Uh, working long hours isn't just a drag. It could actually make you go bald. Researchers in Korea. That's looked, what did it. Looked at more than. That <laughs> yeah, could be it. Yeah. I work long hours. They looked at more than 13,000 employed men and found that those who worked more than 52 hours a week lost their hair at double the speed of those who worked less than 40 hours a week. Wow. So, like, it's correct if people are like, I'm so stressed, I'm losing my hair? Yeah. Yeah, it really does happen. It it does, doesn't it? My my wife has complained about that when she's been in, like, when, when, you know, around charity time when she puts on the... The Mutiny on the Moshaloo for her charity yeah. max fund. And your wife is in right in the, in the throes of a charity function right now. Yeah. You actually do lose hair. I remember, and this is, it's just a film, but I'm wondering if it's rooted in, in any uh, reality. But the, the movie 61 about Roger Maris. Yeah, when yeah. When he was on the, uh, you know, going to break Babe Ruth's record and the fans were just beating up on him big time. There's a scene where he puts his hands through his hair 
and he comes down. There's just all this hair, hair. in his hand. He's like, he, he just, it was, the stress got to that level that his hair was actually falling out. I do believe that that actually is, sure. is legitimate, yeah. I, you know. Uh, so if you work too much, apparently that can contribute to it, according to this research in Korea. Do you remember the lonely guy, Charles Grodin, is talking about this is a comedy with Steve Martin. He's talking, you ever see one of those people? Really lush, thick hair. <laughs> Lovely hair. Yep. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, they said it's thought that the increased stress of working more messes with hormone levels, which in turn wreak havoc on several areas of the body, including the hair follicles. Well, you mm. figure, like, lack of sleep, you know what I mean? Not a proper diet. Like, all of that can contribute. If you're working too much, you know, maybe you're not getting both of those. Have you seen the commercials for this thing? It's like basically like a laser baseball cap that you put on your head. I've I've seen it looks like like basically if the inside of your baseball cap was a French fry light. Steve, I've seen them in uh, Sky Mall before where it's a, like a cap that you put on. <laughs> that can't got, possibly work. It doesn't work. What, it's That's supposed snake to promote, oil. It's supposed yes, to promote hair, hair growth. growth. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. No, Same yeah. thing with the aging ointments. Like if if they had it actually figured out everyone would be getting it. Yeah. I think that those laser hats are really expensive, too. Like, you have to... It's monthly installments. <laughs> are they? Oh, really? It looks like a baseball cap with the French... Fr- Here, yeah. Oh, I haven't but seen Steve, this one. Yeah, Steve, the Power the com- Flex, Preston. That's the one I'm talking about. And at the end of the commercial, they talk about payment plans to afford these types of things. It's, oh, my it's, they're God. They're crazy. But what? the commercials are funny. All right, we have a, uh, the link here. Can you click on the price for that stupid hat? The yeah. power, the power flex is the one I'm talking about. The one because they have ones that are kind of like bars that go over your head. Yeah, but this one. So they show they show the woman sitting there every night when I put on that lost, lost <laughs> on my head, and I just my hair is going back. Did she also order the miracle spring water? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And I prayed. Holy there you go. God! Power flex. It's cap. two thousand yeah, like, dollars. Come on, jeez! It's a cap. They just overprice it so you think it'll work. It's got to yeah. work. They, no, nobody yeah. would charge that imu- that much for something that didn't it's work. It's like a Selsun Blue. It tingles so you know yeah, it's yeah. working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the laser hat is $2,000 so you know it works. So uh, how soon before they find out that it's shutting off parts of your brain? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right, right. That's the payoff. It works. Yeah, but, but you're, 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 you're a vegetable. Yeah, yeah. you're killing your brain <laughs> <cells>. <laughs> Yeah, but look at his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Bill, your hair looks great. <laughs> He's a testimonial, yeah, yeah, yeah. and underneath they have the yeah, uh, it, it, like the, it, it, it's written in scribble his name. <laughs> <laughs> but look at his. Oh my god! Listen, this is terrible. I know somebody who had who just got plastic surgery done, and during her treatment, she had a stroke, and now she oh is god. Com- confined. I don't know if that's the right word, but she's at an assisted living and will likely never leave there. No. We were looking at pictures of her and not purposely, but I was like, she looks great. Oh. Like you, But you really would never know that she had the stroke because the surgery was essentially done. So like her face looked great. Oh but my the God. poor thing oh now my has to God. Look, yeah. It's awful. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, That's things what he said. like that can happen. Just age. Uh, it is thought, your hair. Yeah, the increased Too grand. hormone levels uh, and can uh, can wreak uh, havoc on your hair follicles. Wow. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. We're going to move somewhere else uh, down to a different hall at the Justine Institute. Over 30 separate buildings. <laughs> yeah. So, all the world's information. Uh, okay. So, we all know that we're going to die someday. Uh, but it turns out that our brains are really great at helping us push that thought away. 
Uh, to keep it out of our minds so that we don't go nuts. Yeah, researchers from Israel found that the part of the brain associated with making predictions shut down when participants were shown photos of themselves along with words like death or burial. So the brain intercedes Ooh. and sort of blocks that. They say what what can also augment that is a laser baseball cap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it totally eradicates your fear of death. Uh, Uncle Bill, are you afraid of death? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just comb your hair. Just comb your hair. Um, so it says the that area that that area of the brain remained active when shown photos of different people with those same words. But when they showed photos of you with the words death or burial, it would actually uh, it would shut down. Uh, a researcher explains the brain does not accept that death is related to us. You may know you're going to die, but you really don't quite grasp it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I so I I think that you. I know this sounds terrible to say this, but I think you benefit by experiencing death. You know, as a kid, like when a pet passes, to get you prepared for that notion. Uh, when you know you've uh, you've had things or diseases or whatever throughout your life, like I know, I, I don't live in fear of death. In fact, I thought I was going to die in my forties, so I was sure, you know. And and, and at a certain you're, point, you don't, you're not. Well, I'm scared. I'm terrified by it. Yeah, hmm. I, I I listen. I won't do things to promote it. I won't wear a laser baseball cap. Right. But I will. Uh, but you know. I know it's going to come, and and uh, and and that's I'm fine. I, you know, I would oh. like to get my I'd like to Kudos get my full run. Yeah, Kudos I go through waves of dealing with it and acknowledging it, and lately I've been dwelling on it a lot, and I don't know why, but I think a lot of it has to do with I've been thinking about people that I'm fans with who have passed and how permanent their death is. Fans with? Uh, I'm fans of Chris Cornell, or I'm fans oh, of Tom okay. Petty, or yeah, Carrie yeah, Fisher, okay. or whatever, and uh, and I'll, I'll encounter them in pop culture, and then uh, this trigger will happen in my brain, and I'm like, oh my god. That person is no longer with us, mm-hmm. but not just that they're not long, no longer with us. We're never going to see them in anything new again, and their their death, like all death, is permanent. And I don't know why, but lately, last month or six weeks or so, I've been thinking about that a lot. Well, I'm that, sure I'll go out of it in the next few, but that's where I've been lately. Well, not as a downer, but when I when I when I had the prostate cancer, I I had that I you know I I sat on the stairs going down to the basement. I'm like, okay. Well, I, I saw my mother do it, comp- compartmentalize and do the, okay, this is bad, but this is good. Yeah. So I may not have this, but I have this. I don't, I, maybe I don't have this much time, but I have, I can still have, you, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And as, as you play that game of, so maybe that's what they're talking about. I was Divine's, I was Divine's ability to sort of play mental Tetris, uh, Preston, and, uh, and, and give you a positive or more positive outlook so that you're not constantly weeping. I was telling Casey this, but I, uh, we had a couple of days off last week, or last week, the week before, whatever, and um, I sat down and had lunch with my parents. And I didn't know that my mom was joining us for lunch. So, so they, uh, she showed up kind of last minute, and they both sat down across from me, and I was like, oh, my God. What's going? Uh, I was so yeah. morbid in the conversation, and they were like, "So how are things?" It was completely. It was right. just a lunch. You thought they to were sitting together. you down to tell you somebody was dying. I thought news was coming that, yeah. that one of them was dying, or that somebody in the family was gravely ill, and that's that's a. I don't know if that's a good way to lit- think or not, but like right. for whatever reason, that's where my brain went. Nick, we heard your intern's voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's wild about this story, though, Preston, is that so much of like human nature and and like the things that we we how we interact and the things that we like is 
like we insert ourselves into these situations. Like when it's we the nature, yeah. Right? So so when we watch somebody like a funny video, YouTube video of a guy like you know cracking his balls on on yeah. you know a, a a railing or something like that. We feel that, like right. we insert ourselves into that, and mm-hmm. and and that's where you go, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, and then this, we actually take ourselves out of the equation, right? Which it is, is bizarre. It I, is interesting that way. They said, that, according to the study, we have a primal mechanism that means when the brain gets information that links self to death, something tells us it's not reliable, so we shouldn't believe it. I mean, you may have an understanding, but to really wrap your mind around it is. Very hard for us to do. I had a, a friend who, um, in a weird way, got in a social media battle with somebody, and it was a stupid battle, right? But the, it, end, it ended this way. The guy on the other end of it was like, I hope you die, which is an awful, terrible wow. thing yes. to say to somebody. But his response was, someday I will. <laughs> yeah. Which I yeah. thought was a pretty good response. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's uh, it's interesting, uh, but I didn't know that about our, our primal mechanism that apparently can... Sort of that, protects us. That shuts it off. Right. And, and maybe that's part, part so you don't dwell on it. You, you know what I mean? And uh, and listen, while I say that I'm, I'm terrified of that happening, uh, I don't sit around and think about it all the time. No one wants I, it. No, no. Absolutely. If, if someone were to be able to guarantee me, you know, uh, uh, you know... Uh, a good, long, healthy quality of life, you know, past the expected time, I'd totally be down with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's perfect time to talk about whether or not there is a God, right? Do you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw a really fun, uh, not one, it was a, it was a touching uh, tweet last night, and uh, Dan Craig used to be uh, an intern yes, here, now he's right, Philly sir. Voice. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he liked and retweeted this, but this guy, apparently, he, he sent a screen capture of a, a text message uh, that uh, he shared with his father, and clearly his father was dying. Um, and he says, man, I'm so excited for this team. You're the best dad. I love you a ton. And then his dad writes back, I've never been more excited for a team in my entire life than I am for this one. It's going to be so much fun for you guys to see, and I'll be watching from above. I love you so much, buddy. You're the best. Clearly this guy was dying. Wow. Clearly, you, you know what I mean? And uh you know, had sort of come to terms with it. And my he, dad he, is that he, way. Yeah. My, like my dad, so my dad says, you know, he uh, last time I was out there, he goes, uh, he got this car, he got, he got like a freaking street race, like a Fast and the Furious kind of car. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, with a spoiler yeah. on the back and the whole damn thing. It's yeah. A, and he just wanted to get it, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, it's the last car I'm ever going to get, oh so I might God. as well." Oh. Yeah. He, and he's, but he's like, "That's his thing." I know. Yeah. You know I've heard things come out of my uh, family, yeah. you know, my parents' mouths as well. I'm like, "Wow." Yeah. But I guess if you do the math, you're like, "Yeah." yeah. It's, but it's real. With that comes the, uh, you know, c- comes a certain sense of freedom, a liberating sense of freedom. Like you can rob any place you want. Uh, any place. Well, you fortunately, yeah. if, if you're if you're in good physical shape, uh, yeah, and that's why, uh, as uh, and I believe this in the end, all you have is your health. That's so it. Yeah, hang on to and it. And porn, tooth and nail. There will always be porn. Uh, let's see. Let's go to another building. Yes. Let's get out of the death building. Yes. Yeah. Go into the plaza and take a look at some of the other buildings at the Just Saying Institute. Uh, women are attracted to smooth talkers who drip with confidence, both traits of psychopaths, according to a new study. Well, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy is a perfect example. Now, just because you're a psychopath doesn't mean that you go around killing people. No. There's there's a definition of psychopath that doesn't quite take it to that level. Right, right. Uh, But But most are. But Brock University researchers found the higher a man scored on a test for psychopathic traits... 
the sexier women rated him after viewing a short video of him. That's like Charles funny. Manson. Uh, girls called him a bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, I wonder if he, the, if he would have made a short video uh, for like a dating site <laughs> yeah. or something like that. I would yeah, love to see like spiders. Yeah, like <laughs> painful sobbing. Swastikas on the forehead. I like jerky swastikas. I like Stalin. I like little children crying in the banjo. Uh, the theory is that uh, psychopathic men may use their charm and exciting personality to gain trust and desire, uh, but those things ultimately n- mean nothing as the psychopath's goal is only selfish pleasure. So they use that. They don't mean it. When they're using their charm, they don't, it doesn't mean anything to them. So there's a similar, other than their goal, a similar skill set. Yeah, but doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who employs those or has that is a serial killer. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. There, there are traits, and then there are psychopaths. I guess yeah. I, I don't know what the. I've, I've, okay, Nick found this difference between a psychopath and a sociopath. Yeah, so all sociopaths are. Uh, I'm sorry. All psychopaths are sociopaths. Not all sociopaths are psychopaths. So okay. uh, if you take sociopathy and you extend it beyond, then you can become a psychopath. psychopath. So if you if you're a psychopath, you lack guilt or remorse, empathy, lack of deep emotional attachments. Uh, you are. It's like being a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout. You're a narcissist, superficial charm, dishonesty, manipulative, and uh, reckless risk taking. All right. 93% of psychopaths are in the criminal justice system, though. So I guess, wow. yeah, maybe that's right. there. Maybe I was thinking sociopath. Who had the best um, game that you've ever seen with uh, with the opposite sex? Who who had the best, you know? Who, per- people I personally know? Yeah, I mean, somebody who could just, you know, who, uh, there was a guy A guy I used to know. His name was Nick, Nick. And uh, he, uh, he, he just had, you know, he could charm women like crazy, but they... Once they got with him and dated him for a while, mm. they hated his guts. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so he was a great first few dates yeah. and could broker any deal, and then it came crashing down. My longest childhood friend, uh, not Jeff, Jeff uh, comes in like second, okay. uh, it was that way. It was effortless. Now, it didn't hurt that he was uh, tall and handsome and all yeah. that stuff, but I mean, like, women just... Threw themselves at him. Yeah, our old guitar player Gary, he was very, very that smooth. Yeah. yeah. And then I had another friend who was, uh, I remember being at a bar one time. I was like, where'd you go? Where'd, uh, where'd you go? I was like, eh, I got a BJ in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that, that's exactly. <laughs> Jeff gave it to me. And you would think, you know, I hung out with this guy all the time that maybe I would get some of the, of the residual, the, the residuals rebounds. Right, right. None. Yeah. It's, it's like the scene uh, with the, um, I can't, what's the movie with the, um, Kevin Hart and uh, The Rock, where they're at the bar. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Central Intelligence. Central Intelligence, and yeah. the, uh, the waitress comes up, and there's, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. talking to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it, man. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm finding this in a number of places, so if you've heard it before, we don't have to do it, but uh, can one question test uh, one question test reveal if you're a psychopath? Have you guys heard of this? No. I, I have. One but question? You, you, what's right. the question? Okay, so here it is. It's actually a scenario. Okay. okay. I'll read it, and I'm reading off of Cosmopolitan, but um, I've seen I'm a this, Cosmo girl. This same uh, scenario on a number of sites. So uh, this is a genuine... Sorry, test question. Okay, uh, here it's a, it's a story. So uh, it's about a girl while at a funeral of her own mother. She met a guy whom she did not know. She thought this guy was amazing so much. Her dream guy, she believed him to be, uh, that she fell in love with him. And then uh, right then and there, a few days later, uh, the girl killed her own sister. What is the motive for killing her sister? 
What is the motive for okay, so so she's, she's at, her, at, a she's funeral? at her mother's funeral. Her mother's funeral. This, this mother. guy shows up to the funeral. She falls in love with him, uh, and then two days later, a few days later, she kills her sister. What's the All motive right. of her killing her sister? Uh, her sister was married to this guy, or or that you know was involved with this guy romantically. Okay, uh, her sister killed her mother. Okay. Okay, um, yeah, I, I need to think about it. Right. We can yeah, all have yeah, the yeah, same yeah. answer. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. A, a B, yeah. She wanted to um, get the guy before her sister did. Okay. Come on, Steve. Okay. <laughs> so far, the rest of them are psychopaths. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having, I'm having yeah. more. Run, run the scenario past me again. Okay, so they're at the funeral. This girl is at her own mother's funeral. Own mother's funeral. This guy shows up to the funeral. She falls in love with him. A few days later, she kills her sister. She doesn't know she kills her sister. Well, what if her sister was trying to kill her? And That's she was what I was thinking. Herself. What if the yeah. sister was trying to kill? Oh, in self-defense. I'll say in self-defense. Are people getting it on I the so, yeah. on the text board? Okay, so. You're not all technically psychopaths, but you didn't answer it to indicate that you are not a psychopath. It's that she was hoping that the guy would come to her sister's funeral. What? She, she just wanted the guy to come back so that she could see him again. She could see oh, him. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh, so yeah. she would be able to see him again. He would be, okay. So it had nothing to do with that she didn't want the sister to get him or anything like that. Oh, I thought the I thought the relationship, I thought they were already seeing each other. Like she met yeah. this amazing guy and that that, that was. Yeah. Uh, so like she, that so if the question was framed as. She met she she met this guy she huh. met this guy and then you know yeah. they 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 um, no but it was just a few days maybe if you didn't uh, ask the scenario him. Kathy maybe if you didn't screw that all up no, no that's she how, that's how right. it's presented yeah, yeah. you're a psychopath that's interesting that's <laughs> Wait, interesting if you answer the question correctly that means you're not a psychopath so uh, here's the correct answer meaning that if you immediately came up with this the uh, the internet has a lot of porn yeah on. so yeah no it's it, listen it's like a whole article yeah okay. and then there's a number of other uh, answers that if you come it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a psychopath you don't need to panic does it, about it does but it say in self defense or was that even a scenario uh, you know what, it's so long okay, I didn't no, read no the problem. other scenarios but, but, but the it, general one is the basic gist of it is it, it said she kills the sister so that in hopes that the guy will come back right. so she can see him again right okay right. that's interesting so yeah. if you answer it that way you're not a psychopath. I would Hold think if you me. answer it that way, you are a psychopath. Yeah, like, Jesus. Oh, you know what? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, you, <laughs> that, you yes. are a murderous psychopath that's, that's if you answer it, that because way. That's oh, okay. what I'm you have no empathy okay, okay, and you're, you're yes. being completely selfish, selfish. by I'm murdering sorry. your own sister so you can get another so date. So, okay, let me. You guys are all not psychopaths. Thank you. <laughs> thank God. All right. Yeah, thank God. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, anyhow, uh, just thought I'd mention these things from the Just Saying Institute. We are now going to leave the halls located in, where's it? Uh, Virginia. West Virginia. West yeah. Virginia. 200 acres. Yeah. There's 31, 32 buildings. The Hofferman building is still under construction. Okay. This is in Preston County, West Virginia, right? Absolutely, uh, yeah. I believe you're correct, yes. All right, we're going to break. We're going to come back in a moment. We'll get the bizarre file. Then right after that, Michael Giacchino yeah. will be on the program. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. Real quick, I want to I plug uh, a gig that uh, my band Saint has coming up, and we are going to be raising money for the Camp Out for Hunger at this particular gig. We're what gonna, take we're is gonna, that again? We're going to donate all our money, and uh, for the pay, it's going to be Friday, November 15th. Friday, November. I'm putting. I'm, I'm checking. I'm checking. All right. It's Chaps in Eagleville or the West Norton area. I will be there. And oh, you will. I will be there. Oh my God. Well, Steve, you may get to witness 
the debut, the singing debut of Preston Elliott. We're going to sing? What? The fellas want me to sing a song. Now, it depends. Are you a singer? I I can... I I don't have much range as far as my, you know... No, she she was was a dancer. dancer. Oh, my God! God. Damn it. Uh, You guys do that... Every time, Nick. Every time. He started to earnestly go into an explanation. I I could see the huge bear trap right in front of you. I wonder why you were smiling so big, Kathy. All right, so. I was like, oh, he's answering. (laughs) Well, he gets very passionate about singing. So what song do you want to? I'm not going to reveal. Don't reveal it. So the guys. But I bet you I know what it is. But we have to. What? Pop Goes the Weasel? No, it's not Pop Goes the Weasel. (laughs) But uh, it depends on how many practices we can get in between now and then. Because we're all busy with uh, family and work and everything. So, uh, but if if we can practice it, it will be the singing debut of Preston Elliott. Sing something easy. Sing something like uh, Under Pressure. Yeah. No, no, like Bohemian Rhapsody. City? Yeah, you could do that. I could do both parts. Yeah. Of, uh, um, is pressure. it, and I don't want to like uh, reveal anything, but is it the song that you sang at your 50th birthday party? Dude, I was so hammered at my 50th birthday party. I don't that. remember. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's not uh, Margaritaville. Okay. It is not Margaritaville. All right. Uh, which is in my range. That's why I sang that song. Where's your rock uh, sting, by the way? Uh, Casey, do we have the Yo, yeah. rock sting? Okay, so. Uh, Friday, November 15th at Chaps in Eagleville, kind of the West Norton area. So uh, it's Camp from, out for hunger. I think 9 to midnight is when it will be. But anyway, I'll get you further yes. details. Yeah, but just mark that in the calendar. It's marked. We'll be raising money for uh, Camp Out for Hunger, so come out if you can. Uh, Friday, gonna, you, you said Friday, November, November 15th? 15th? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that, all right, I just want to make sure. a month of the year. Oh, no, no, I know, I know. And it's the night before the Mother's Wish Gala, which I have to do the next day. Oh, no. I know, I know. You'll get plenty of sleep, don't worry. right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So it's going to be an insane weekend for me. And that's the big uh, charity fundraiser for um, Crohn's and Colitis. And and my daughter has Crohn's. That's at River Christ Country. We have all this information on PrestonSteve.com. But, uh, yeah, I'll be singing. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see. Hey, do you have a wiki page yet? I don't think so. We should. Well, it's the People's Encyclopedia. No. We could start a Saint Wiki page. I don't know if we need that or not. <laughs> we do have. A, uh, we, we have a Facebook page. Oh, okay. Uh, it's hard to get one of those. I don't know what it is, but um, we have one. I would imagine it's Saint. No, it's Saint. Saint Preserve us. Saint Band Collegeville or Saint Collegeville. Ba- Collegeville's in there for some reason. Or other. Listen, I joined the band. I didn't help. I wasn't there from the beginning to start these things. But uh, you're like the tenth drummer at this point. I'm. I'm a few drummers in. I think so. Like uh, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you. If I can remind you of something, Freddie Mercury joined a little band named Queen. Yes, he did. And we know what happened. Uh. So yeah. Here it is. Oh man, we need a new picture. We, we had pictures taken. Thank you to Course Photography at our last gig. We yeah. had pictures taken. We have new pictures coming right. that hopefully will be on the Facebook page. Oh, uh, you soon. don't want to use a picture in front of the goat pen or something? <laughs> 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 That's Mark's backyard. Oh, okay. is, there, is there like an al- alpaca farm or something? Actually, or? There's, a, there's a horse farm right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why uh, we're in front of the fence. I know. Is that the band's accountant to the right? Uh, no, <laughs> man. That's Dave, our bass player. Oh, oh, Dave. Dave's the guy who got me in the Come band. Come on, oh. man. It's Dave. He may handle the books. Dave! I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do the other guys do for their day job? Uh, so George, George is a lawyer, uh, personal injury lawyer. 
And uh, Mark does, uh, he owns an IT company. You know me. I'm, I don't know squat that. about that stuff. So. They were talking, but you weren't listening. He's told me, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm not listening. I don't know. Something blah, 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 people. Something. And uh, I forgot what Dave does. Okay. <laughs> Dave! Dave used to work for Lojack. He actually, he helped me out years ago. That's how we knew each other. Hey, had John, to... what do you do for <laughs> your day job? I told you, I work in IT. It doesn't even exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're playing at yeah. uh, Chaps on uh, the 15th of November. Come and see Saint. Yeah! All right, let's do the B-Fact. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. The goat pen. Pretty damn close. Brought to you this morning by Dodge Chrysler Jeep City. It's October Auto Fest at Dodge Chrysler Jeep City. And the crisp fall air has brought out their best deals of the year on new vehicles. Shop Ram Power Days at DodgeChryslerJeepCity.com. All right, so a Tampa woman went to dinner for her birthday last year with one of her best friends at a hotel in St. Pete Beach, Florida. Instead of celebrating, she says she nearly died uh, there was an explosion in my chest, Stacy Wager said. I, could, I couldn't speak, and I felt like I was dying. Was it a flavor explosion? No. In a lawsuit against the hotel on Friday, Wagers alleges that she became gravely ill within seconds after drinking water, which contained liquid nitrogen. Oh, oh my God. And here's how this happened. Uh, Wagers and her friend had just finished dinner at uh, the uh, Maritana Grill on the premises of the Don Cesar Hotel. My mom worked there for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Tracy Davison always goes there, She does, yes. And while the woman saw their waiter pouring a liquid on a nearby table's dessert that made it, quote, smoke, her friend told the waiter the smoke effect looked cool. And the waiter then poured the liquid nitrogen into the women's glasses of water. Wager said, I didn't think it was dangerous at all. You just poured it on a dessert. The women drank from these glasses, and Wagers became ill immediately. Uh, an ambulance was called. She was taken to the ICU where she remained for four days. And because of the liquid nitrogen, she had to have surgery to remove her gallbladder. Oh, my God. Parts of her stomach were also removed where wow. tissue had been burned by the extremely cold temperature of the chemical. Wagers has lost over 25 pounds from the incident and will have lifelong digestion issues because of that. Wow. And Talk yet they're not going to sue. Not, not, talk about pain. <laughs> uh, a Florida man yesterday sexually assaulted a pair of large stuffed animal toys inside a Target store. Florida man, Florida man. Uh, so he's a plushie, right? Uh, yeah. Well, it, I think this dude's just nuts. Cody Christopher Meter entered the retailer and approached a display of merchandise featuring characters from the Disney film Frozen. Excuse me, Cluck. I'm here to have sex with some stuffed animals. Uh, Mater selected a large Olaf stuffed animal and proceeded to place it on the floor of the target. He then began to dry hump the cinematic snowman until he finished on the merchandise. Okay, well, that, it, it would actually blend with the white color of the snow, so uh, I got yeah. that. Meter returned the soiled Olaf back to the display before entering the toy department where he selected a large unicorn stuffed animal and began to dry hump this item. I'm impressed that he had a second run right after God that. bless, honestly. Well, God bless, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God bless. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though, and I'm not condoning this. Uh-huh. Um, which stuffed animal would you go to first, were you inclined? Oh, come on. Um, I think like a big stuffed bear, right? I don't really know. Wow. I have it. I'd have to really think about I mean, that for a little while. All right, Kathy, can you keep your list going for yeah. us? 
After after consorting with the stuffed animals, a mater who lives in St. Petersburg was detained while is still inside the store. After being read his rights, Mater reportedly, and this is in the police report, <laughs> admitted to doing, quote, stupid stuff and admitted that he had, quote, nutted on the Olaf stuffed animal. Oh, my God. I nutted on Olaf <laughs> and then I nutted on a unicorn. <laughs> the stuffed items, cops say, were removed from the store floor and destroyed. <laughs> Mater's father told police that he definitely has a history of this type of behavior. Oh, jeez. However, they list no prior criminal cases against Mater, so, Wow. <laughs> Uh, Steve, you sent me this story. I saw it uh, last night as well. A Russian bodybuilder known as Popeye. Oh, my God. Was destroyed in an MMA fight in three minutes by an opponent 20 years his senior. A guy named Kirill Tereshin, 23 years old, had injected his muscles with highly dangerous synthol and developed huge Popeye-like arms. Did you so Only that it's the bicep that's huge yep. instead of the forearm being huge. Correct. Did you guys see pictures of this guy? No, I did. I it's watched the video. ridiculous. And that's so what dumb. they call it. His ridiculous 24-inch biceps could not help him defeat blogger and actor Oleg Mongol at a gym in Russia. Come on. The former soldier was submitted in an MMA bout in the first round. Uh, Tereshin came out swinging and connected with some early punches, but was later clinched to the cage, taken down, and tapped out after the choke. I watched the fight, and... This guy is—he just—he's—he's relying on his arms. He doesn't know the ground game at all. He got taken out immediately. And the guy is like fifteen years his senior, twenty, twenty. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Listen, if you attach a broom handle to your penis, it doesn't mean your penis is now, you know, uh, uh, that much longer. You by injecting this stuff into your muscles, you're just filling up your flesh. Yeah. You're not stronger. You're not stronger. The loss comes after Tereshin was beaten by Russian slapping champion <laughs> Vasily the Dumpling Katamoski earlier in the year. Katamoski flattened Tereshin with his first punch, providing that fighting may not be his calling. Uh, yeah, so, I don't think so. By the way, a doctor had warned Tereshin about the dangers of injecting synthol. It can cause pulmonary embolisms, nerve damage, infections, sclerosising, uh, lipograminola, Stroke and oil-filled cysts or ulcers in the muscle and could result in amputation as well. Well, that just sounds all positive to me. There was a guy before this. You remember the guy who first did it? He actually ended up dying from some sort of blood clot. Yeah, there was a documentary about him called The Man Whose Arms Exploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just... Listen, they, they have some dysmorphia. It's massive body dysmorphia. Yeah. All right, here's another story. Uh, the Painesville, Minnesota Police Department is investigating a house explosion... That happened early Tuesday morning, and the man inside at the time escaped with only minor injuries. Dennis Peterson, who was in his home just before 9 a.m. when the house exploded, crawled out of the debris with minor injuries. (coughs) Peterson, who is 76 years old, was treated and released at the scene. He said he didn't hear much of the explosion from his basement since he wears a hearing aid. He said, I didn't even know it was my house. His neighbors. I didn't know I had a sunroof. Uh, his neighbors immediately rushed over to help once they realized the home had exploded. Considering the damage, the neighbors assumed that Peterson would need medical treatment immediately. Instead, he climbed out of the basement window just fine. That's crazy. He said, not even a scratch. Only thing I lost was my shoes. Lost my shoes. There's somewhere in there. Uh, when police arrived, oh no, my shoes! When police arrived on scene, the house had collapsed, and a small fire was visible on the south side of the home. Oh yeah, my wife was in there too. The <laughs> fire department extinguished the fire, which had also caused minor damage to my a neighbor's shoes. Residence. 
and my wife. Uh, the state fire marshal's uh, <laughs> office and the office of pipeline safety are investigating the explosion. Wow. And that is what I have in the bizarre file for you. Actually, I have another explosion story, which we'll get to in the next run at it. I would like to give away a $25 gift card uh, to Jersey Sports Bar and Pizzeria in Glenside. They are here this morning to promote Nick's appearance, which is tonight, by the way. You can join Nick and the MM Army for the Bud Light Platinum Thursday Night Huddle, 7 to 9 p.m. at Jersey Sports Bar and Pizzeria. Uh, They're located at 2609 Mount Carmel Avenue in Glenside. And we'll take caller number 18. I'll give you a $25 gift card. And uh, don't forget, if you come out tonight's event, you could win a pair of Eagles Seahawks tickets courtesy of Bud Light Platinum. So make sure you stop by. Call, win the gift card, go out and see Nick. We'll be back in a moment. Michael Giacchino on the show next. Stay with us. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Thank you, Kathy. So, he's a friend of the show. He's a friend of the show. His name is Michael Giacchino. I thought we were going to play the other one first. Friend of the show. He's a friend of the show. He's a friend of the show. His name is Michael Giacchino. You know what? It's it's glorious. It's beautiful. Isn't it, though? It's beautiful. Let's play some better music. This is what I was going to play. Oh, yeah. Okay. You may recognize this. Uh, Our next guest has uh, been on the show. He's a friend of the show. (laughs) As uh, indicated by that first song. Uh, Many times and has given us music from, oh, movies like Up and Lost and The Incredibles and Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Star Trek Into Darkness, Ratatouille, Planet of the Apes, Jurassic World, Inside Out, Zootopia, Rogue One, Spider-Man Homecoming, Doctor Strange, and so on and so forth and therefore. And he's calling us from Italy this morning, which is very cool. He likes to talk to us from Italy. He has no business there, but he prefers talking to us from Italy. He That's just my understanding. To go there so first. So he just yeah. went there to Yes, yeah, yeah. And that way oh. he doesn't have to get up extra early. Yeah, right. Let me take this in the living room. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll he, take this from Italy. I'll take this from Italy. Here he is. Michael Giacchino. Yeah, hey! Hey, man. You know, you, you actually got it right. I, I have to come to Italy because I, I am sick and tired of getting up so early. <laughs> this is so perfect. It's 2.20. It's 2.20 in the afternoon. It's great. That's there you go. Sh- and and it, it makes sense. Yeah, so in many, yeah. I'm sure you often say, let me take this in Europe, and it'll be, uh, it'll yeah. be a better, I'll be more alert. It'll be a better interview. Yeah, yeah I'll say just give me eight, give me eight hours, and I'll I'll be right with you. <laughs> it, it's funny. Years ago, we did so. Uh, you know, when they were giving away the Guinness pubs, we were doing the show from uh, Ireland, and uh, we did actually when we were uh, in England recently for the uh, for the Eagles game over there. It, it, it is kind of cool to do a morning oh. show here that's actually taking place around ten or eleven there. In oh the my god! Yeah. It's- the best, right? So I think that's what we should just move that whole operation out here. <laughs> just be sensational. Every day. Speaking of yeah. London, you were you were just at uh, the Royal Albert Hall. We had uh, a few yeah, people yeah. on from Royal Albert Hall while we were in London, and uh, and and you were there. I love that place. Do you? You've played there many times, right? Many times, yeah. And we and what we did this time was a friend of mine, David Arnold, who wrote the music for 
Independence Day and a lot of the Bond movies. He's done tons of stuff. Um, he and I have this sort of weird friendship where we just make fun of each other all the time on Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so the, the Albert Hall sort of asked, hey, you guys, since you're always arguing about everything, do you want to just come and like settle the argument at the Albert Hall? So we were like, sure. So we did this thing called settling the score. It was a whole concert to decide who was better, you know? So he would play a piece of music and I would play a piece of music. And it was the goofiest, silliest thing you ever, we were dressed up in boxing clothes and it was, it was insane. So everything from boxing clothes to Godzilla costumes to the the whole sort of deal. It, it, It ended up on my radar quickly because during the proceedings, um, you had the director Matt Reeves come out on stage, yes. and, and he yes. got down on his knee. And what did he ask you to do? He said, "Michael, we've worked on many films together. We've been together a long time. And I want to ask you: Will you score the Batman for me?" Oh, wow! <laughs> so when I saw this, I like... <laughs> uh, my 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 head lifted off my shoulders. I am a massive Batman fan. I'm a massive fan yeah. of yours and of Matt Reeves. I think he's a sensational director. Uh, and and so uh, I, there's about 30 tweets that accompanied this uh, after I got on. And, uh, you know, I, I'm already making plans about what you're going to get me. Uh, I've you don't need to look at them. It ended up, you know, but listen, you don't. The, the, yeah, the drivable Batmobile is not necessary. Uh, but uh, yeah, but it, but this is it's sensational. It was so cool and uh, and so fun. Are, so obviously you're involved with a whole bunch of genre stuff. But are you yourself a Batman fan? Oh, yeah. I love Batman. I think Batman is amazing. It's funny because, you know, you mentioned all of those different movies and things that I've worked on. And and my son always told me, my son came to me, he goes, you know what? I figured it all out, Dad. He goes, you know, you always wanted to be in the Justice League. He goes, but you're not really in the Justice League because you're not really a part of any one of those things. He goes, you're just Batman. And he's like, you're, you're on the side, you're off to the side, huh. and when someone needs you, you swoop in and you come in, you do your thing, and then you get out of there. <laughs> that, that is a great analogy, and I've always loved yeah. that. Uh, Batman, and in ways I've likened Batman to, I don't know if you remember the character of Carl Kolschak, uh, the Night Stalker. The, uh, the, the, there's right. there's yeah. one guy who can do it, and he's got to go do it. And, and he doesn't always love yeah. that he's the guy who has to go do it, but he gets exactly. it done. And that that's a great analogy yeah. to you. But you're... You're you're and you're you're a real nerd. You're with us. You're you you know you love oh, you totally. love movies as well, and so yeah. um, you know it, it's it's funny as you start to knock off these franchises. Uh, you know there's there's so much that's come before you on these different things, and yet you bring your own vitality and energy and and, and genius to it. When you when this is proposed to you, do you d- does your mind immediately start working uh, as far as okay, what's my take going to be or What's the yes. process? Yeah. Yes, definitely. And in fact, I've, I've already written what will be the scene for the movie because mm. um, I was so excited about doing it. I just sat down and did it already. And so Matt has that in his back pocket right now and, uh, and is using it just to inspire him as he's finishing writing and doing the things he has to do to prepare for directing. And so it's, it's not often that I do that, you know, but I was just so psyched to be a part of this. I was like, I just want to start working on this now because I'm not really going to be recording it until 21. I I, I have a question about the creative process of this, Michael. There was a, there was a, um, 
It was a few years ago. It was when you did the music for Rogue One, and you had retweeted uh, these guys that put this video together that had broken down all the music that you did in that and the themes that right. you used throughout it. You probably remember the video I'm talking about because you had commented yeah. that these guys really did their homework. And they had shown yep. that you had gone back to some old funeral uh, themes that were yeah. like, ancient and and. Did you did you do that on purpose? I mean, are the are, are these things that that just happen, and these guys see that you had trended towards that, or are you, are you thinking about some of these old no, themes? Well, that that was done on purpose. That was based on something called the Iris Dire, which is you know a, an old piece of music. Uh, it was choral music from I don't know thousand years ago, whatever it was. It was a long time, but it's been a recurring thing in like religious music, and okay. it's used to to sort of signify death and and moving out of life and that movie was all about that every character in that movie was headed for death you know yeah, yes and so i i thought it would be interesting to sort of weave that in you know here and there to to sort of reference that idea and uh and i knew that the composer was long dead so he wasn't gonna mind <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> aka uh no lawsuit yeah <laughs> <laughs> public domain so so yeah i'm yeah. i'm just curious about the detail of thought that goes into you know themes and and things like that and and uh I, I, it's just it's fascinating to me and and do you try to do that with every project not necessarily you know lift something from another composer but some sort of no, tradition think, involved yeah well i think art inspires art right so when you see star wars star wars was completely inspired by the works of of you know Stravinsky and Holst and these other composers, he didn't. John didn't copy the music from those, but he was inspired by it and did something different with it. But it embodies the feeling of it, and I think all art does that. You yeah. can sort of look at it and see where things, what it was, what inspired it, and what came before, and that's 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 a wonderful part of life. Right? Star, I mean, Star, Star Wars awesome. itself was inspired yeah. by Akira Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress. And 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 and, exactly. and Lucas yeah. has said that. And, and listen, it's the ultimate, yeah. it's the ultimate uh, homage that you take something and make an exemplary work. You know, after that, uh, the, you know, right. your your whole concept though that Rogue One, I believe, stands for me along with Empire, uh, as uh, you know, as the the two most visceral and and profound. I it just I just love that movie, and your music is so oh, great, so critical well, thank uh, you. to that. Uh, because it is, you have, it is the ultimate, they're giving their lives in the cause. And, and yes, when it, when exactly. it, when it moves effortlessly into uh, episode four, it's just, your head explodes. It's just magnificent. So, yeah. <laughs> it was, that was so fun to work on that film. It was amazing. And I, I may have told you this story before, but when I was over there, they were still shooting a few things for the film before I started writing for it. And uh, I got to see that last scene where Darth Vader comes in oh. with his lightsaber and he's just like whacking everyone down and bam, bam, you know, and there's explosions going. And it's really, it was really amazing to watch that. You're like, am I really here? Is this really well, happening? This is like insane. Because you, you, I remember going on set and walking and see, you know, I was on the, you know, the, 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 in the hallway of the Tantum Four, yeah. you know, the ship Princess Leia's ship. And when you look down that hallway, you're like, it's so iconic because it's the first thing, one of the first things you see in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, when you saw that, like that, that image never leaves your head. No, you're so right. To be actually on that set, it was, it was mind blowing. <laughs> you know, but you, you were asking about thematics and coming up with them. And I want to ask you, have you ever sort of, Closed your eyes, and I know you have. Have you ever closed your eyes and just said, "I'm Batman," and just imagined? Like, oh my god! What, what 
would it be like to be Batman, right? Yes. Uh, you, no, absolutely. You, you've done that. Uh, constantly. Yeah. So, and you have, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then so you have this feeling inside of what you think that is. And it's a, you know, whether it's a meditative state or whatever it is, you do that. And it's about reaching and finding that feeling. So that's I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to kind of put yourself in a headspace of these characters. And what does it feel like to be them? You know, an expression and how do you of that. Like that Interesting. Yes, exactly. Well, to, yep. to to put it in perspective, for me, Batman carries extra gravitas because as a kid, Adam West, the show, I remember, yeah. and it's attached to my mother who passed away when I was twenty. Uh, but I, I begged her to let me put my Batman poster by the TV so Batman would know that I was a fan. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, those things you do as a kid because you're so yes. enamored of something. Absolutely. And that has yep. followed me all the years of my life. So, and I can't... Well, you know, I actually Go have a poster of you next to me right now. So that, <laughs> so in Italy? To know. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they still sell a lot of uh, Steve Morrison posters in Italy. Yeah, I, I'm I think... still stunned to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you know... No, I was just going to say, I, I think Batman is to Steve what what Star Wars is for me. It's it's such a, a, a touchstone in my life and has meant so much for me. And I know that it's completely nerdy. I completely understand that. Um, but I, I love relationships in Hollywood that have that lasted a really long time. And I think about Spielberg and John Williams. And I think about J.J. Abrams yeah. and you. And, and um, I know you didn't do uh, Episode Nine, but uh, I'm very excited about what it's going to be when it comes out. It, it, it's going to wrap up so yeah. much. Um, have you uh, talked to JJ about this uh, next chapter in the Star Wars universe? Yeah, I, I I did. I went and watched him film some of it, and I I was uh, I I've seen parts of it. I can't say too much about it, but it it, it is going to be super, really super cool. I, obviously, you must have seen the trailer that yes. just came out, yeah, which is amazing. Has amazing footage, uh, and it's just great. So I've been talking to him a lot actually lately because you know he's in the throes of it, trying to just finished this thing. They only have a, a couple weeks left, I think, before I have to, you know, turn it over and start doing all the sound work and everything. So it's a, it's a crazy time for him, but he's working his ass off and he's, he's really making something really fun that I think you're going to absolutely love and you will probably cry at some point. So. Uh, no, no, no doubt. Uh, you, you're getting a lot of accolades for the soundtrack to Jojo Rabbit, which is the... Um, I always have trouble pronouncing his name. Uh, the the uh, the oh, director, Taika Waititi, yeah, yeah who is a genius, uh, yeah. and I, I love yeah. his stuff. Uh, Thor Ragnarok and what we do in the dark and all of that stuff. He's just funny yeah. and and a great director. And um, uh, uh, the music to me, what I've heard from it, haven't seen the movie yet, but I've heard pieces of the music. Um, it, it, it has a. Um, so here's 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 it's a satire with you know with with a, with a, with a profound message and and it, it reminded me in in some ways of sort of the the uh, sort of a buoyant sort of um the great escape you know the um right yeah i mean so were you in your music also going for sort of a a satirical um you know uh approach well, to it as well i think you know for that film it's, uh, that was a really difficult film to navigate um but you know, it, it, it's absolutely one of my favorite movies I've ever worked on. And I feel like even if I didn't work on it, it still would be one of my favorite movies. I yeah. love it so much. I can't wait for you to see it. But musically, it was a tightrope because, you know, I, what I tried to do was just make the music about the view of the boy, the 10-year-old boy who's in the Hitler youth, who views life through the lens of the Hitler youth and thinks that is what's right, that is what's good. You know, and and but of course, you know, it's and it's the film is about this journey of widening that perspective for him. Right. And so I wanted 
the music to do the same. So it does start off like something like you're talking about the great escape. It does have this element of childness, uh, you know, uh, of a the point of view of a child, uh, point of view of the world through the child's eyes. And through the score, as the score develops, it gets more and more mature and more and more emotional and more and more sort of uh, pointing to the idea that, oh, I'm starting to understand more about the world than I did at the beginning of this thing. And uh, it's a very emotional journey. So, so absolutely, musically, it was all about trying to to do that with with the, with the score. Let me ask you, Michael, because we talked about so like when uh, Stephen King did the movie, you know, he directed Maximum Overdrive and and was putting that together. He, uh-huh. listened, he listened to ACDC and a lot of music, which ends up being a the soundtrack of that movie. And, and obviously, you will see a movie when you're going to score it. But do you yourself, because you are a cinematic person and and you you know you 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 have directed and done your own little your your, your features and, and your mm-hmm. I mean your films as well. Do you put on films to get in the mood to compose for a certain project you know i generally don't I, it's more for me it's just about getting in touch with the emotions behind what i'm about to do you know musically when i want to go out and do something musical outside of work i'll go i you know go to a music festival i go to outside lands or i'll go to life is beautiful or coachella or whatever i like to kind of just see as many new bands right. as i can you know, and so I'm listening to things like St. Vincent or I'm listening to Vampire Weekend or, or even, you know, uh, just 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 this wide, crazy range of things that are outside of the stuff that I normally do, because it just helps me keep me up to date with what's happening. It keeps me inspired to to try and reinvent things in my own music. And uh, so that's generally where I go. And that music for the most part, doesn't relate to what I do. So, I got gotcha. you. Uh, but it, but it, it's a way for me to just take a break from the scoring aspect of things and just sort of enjoy music again for, on its own merits. So for Jojo Rabbit, you, you recorded at Abbey Road, is that correct? Yes, yeah. we did. Recorded at Abbey Road, yep. That's Now, is You're that gonna, the first time? Had you been there before? Oh, yeah. No, I did uh, Doctor Strange there. I did, a, I did Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom there. I've done I've done a few things there. I, is, I walked is, across you know. the crosswalk there. <laughs> I went to the gift <laughs> shop. So <laughs> I'll tell you, want to, I, I tell you a story about this. So uh, I had once where I worked with Paul McCartney on something. Stop. He was developing. Stop a, it. He was developing an animated film, huh. and so I was helping arrange one of the songs and also scoring this sort of uh, concept piece that he was working on. So uh, so we got to know each other and became friends and. So we were at Abbey Road, and I was standing next to the director, and I, uh, Scott Derrickson, recording Doctor Strange. And I said, oh, I should just see if Paul's around. So I text Paul and, uh, and I put my phone down. And Scott looked at me and goes, did, did you just text Paul McCartney? <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I did. I, I said, usually I, I touch base with him when I'm in, and if, if he's around, he'll come say hi or something. Yeah. He's like, no, no. <laughs> No, Jesus. he goes, oh, my God, oh, my God. He goes, if he comes here, I will give you anything I want. And Scott, I mean, any, anything you want. I'll give you anything you want if he comes here. And Scott has this amazing poster collection, and he has a Seven Samurai, original Seven Samurai poster that he was talking about earlier. I said, well, remember that Seven Samurai poster? You're about, how about that? Oh, oh my God. So, That's a good trade. That's a good trade. So I was like, he goes, okay, so. We're working, and then phone ring and buzzes, and it's Paul saying, "Hey, I'm around. Can I, what if I stop over around eleven or something? You know?" And I was like, "Great!" And and uh, so he came over, and he's just he brought and he was working with um, 
with uh, Ron Howard at the time on Ron's documentary, which is amazing. Uh, if you haven't seen it, eight days a week. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so good. And, uh, and he came over with Ron and they just hung out for a while. We talked and, and, and Scott just stood, stood in the corner paralyzed the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta love being able to do that, you know, to to facilitate stuff like that. He is, he is the nicest person you've ever met and he loves music so much. And, and we were recording this one piece for Dr. Strange. It was a really psychedelic thing that we were doing for the end credits. And the strings were arranged and completely inspired by what George Martin did for I Am the Walrus and all of that. So, and we're sitting there and we're recording it. And Paul turns to me and goes, I hear a bit of walrus in there. Oh, <laughs> good ears. That's <laughs> so like, wild. Oh. Did you take the poster? You guys invented everything. <laughs> he mailed me the poster. <laughs> no. You, he sent me the poster. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to yeah. follow through on a deal like that. But before before you get all puffed up on yourself, we know yeah. Snooky's email. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so we got to connect. Yeah, before yeah, they yeah. start throwing Paul McCartney around, we know at least two or three members of the Jersey Shore guy. <laughs> at least. Yeah, so there is a parallel there. Um, I wanted so when to, are you going to come visit L.A.? Listen, yeah. we, we want to do this. Yeah, we, we really want to make it happen. Yeah. Now, you had, you had, I think we had tweeted out a happy birthday to you, and then you wrote, when are you yeah. guys going to come broadcast live <laughs> from my house? Yeah. Which would have to start at 2 a.m., by the way. like we, So we wouldn't be able to do what you're doing right now and calling in the afternoon from Italy. We'd have to get up really early to broadcast I, live from L.A. I would do it. So we'd do have it. to spend we'd the night it. at your house, though. We'd have to sleep over. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah, he fine. says it now. He says it now. <laughs> we have to do this. Do you have an well, ISDN well. line at your house by any chance? Uh, do I have a what? An, an ISDN, ISDN line. Yeah. We'll uh, get one. Uh, we'll make it work. We'll, we'll make it work. I'll I, get my tech guy on it and make sure he's, he'll make it work. I will tell sure. you this. I would advise you, before we go, take pictures of everything and chronicle it because I will steal stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From you. Uh, I, I will steal from you because you are exactly you are the you're you're my bodhisattva <laughs> when it comes to the I have I have a modest collection of my house of Batman stuff and other things but uh, you do it right from what I hear yeah and, and we'd have to have a jam well, session you know. I've been practicing so I, I feel pretty confident I could sit down and play with you as well Michael so <laughs> that would be oh my god that would be so amazing well I have a nice drum set in my office so. I noticed yes <laughs> you know so I, I was I was emailing with your sister this morning Michael uh, setting up the interview and she said that the one of the caveats for us broadcasting live from your house is that you get to pick the guests that we have on that day yeah Ooh, so yeah. um yeah that's That'd be fun. Which would be really well, cool. Bring, oh, it'd be great. Well, you know, you know, I you've met a couple of my friends I know who would love to do it. Yeah, see if uh, Paul's in town. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, I, all, all we need to do is play the recordings of you trying to convince them to come over to your house at three o'clock in the morning. That'll be entertaining enough. Now, listen, his. I think it's, it, it's it'll be like the Bugs Bunny cartoon where, where it was one froggy evening where you just have to put out a sign that says "Free Beer." My friends are <laughs> right. Yeah. Your, your buddies, your buddies, who we got to meet, Kirk Thatcher and David Silverman yeah. were so much oh, fun. Good. I follow all three of you guys on social media. I love the post that you guys put it. You guys are always going around having fun, wearing your hats, doing all kinds of cool stuff. would love to have yeah. those guys on the show. Oh, they would definitely do it in two seconds. They're, all right. Uh, you know, definitely. Well, it's, we'll, it's, make it, we'll make it happen. Well, this is definitely on, on the list, and it would be wonderful to do it. Yeah. So uh, and let me ask you just a quick question here, because you yeah. are a cinematic person, obviously. You made those short films, mm-hmm. which were really excellent. Uh, and you, you you started doing stop-motion animation as a kid, reading up on you. And mm-hmm. you Ray Harryhausen fan, I'm sure, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So, um yeah. 
Do, uh, is there a potential long-form feature or a directorial debut in the works for Michael Giacchino? Yeah, there are a couple of things I'm working on right now that actually that's what I'm driving for. Yes, there's a few things in the works that are really super fun. I can't really talk about them, because, but you you will love it. The one I There is one thing I can't do. I'm directing a Star Trek short, an animated short, oh. uh, which I think you'll love. And it really dives deep into a lot of Easter eggs from the original series, you know. Uh, and that's coming out. I think that'll air in December. But... Long form stuff. There's a couple right now that are in play that I'm I'm hoping to get uh, going by next year. Well, I, had, I took all of next year off so that I could just kind of do more of that. Excellent, um, and that's what I'm hoping for. Yes, love it because you're, you're the stuff you do. We love what you love. We love and uh, I, I, whatever you generate, we're going to support because it's uh, you know we are we are uh, brothers in arms when it comes to nerddom. Yeah. Yes, yes, we are. We are together in that. For yeah. sure. Speaking of uh, Easter eggs and, and nerddom, I know you're out of the country right now, but did you have a chance to see the, the Watchmen uh, debut episode yet? No, I haven't yet. I haven't yet. And I, I know Damon's been working his butt off on that, and I, I haven't had a chance to see it, but I heard it's great. It's fantastic. So and and uh, yeah. Trent uh, Reznor does the, the music, and he's really yep. come into his own in the world of composition. Yeah, he has. He's he's amazing. His stuff is just really moody and cool, and I think he's, like, perfect for that. He is yeah. perfect. And, you know, they're nice guys, too, him and Atticus Ross, mm-hmm. uh, the both of them from Nine Inch Nails. Those, those two are just super, super nice people. I think everybody that's in the studio, Michael, when we watch animated movies, we like to play the guessing game uh, before <laughs> knowing ahead of time who's doing the voices. And uh, I, I watched uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Um, Ralph Breaks the Internet with my son last weekend and saw your name in the credits. <laughs> I, I, I love watching yeah. the credits. For some reason, by the way, r- randomly, Bill Hader wasn't credited for one of his roles. It really kind of surprised me. But then, I'm, So I'm watching the credits, and I see your name, and you played a stormtrooper. Yeah. I played a stormtrooper. I've now played a stormtrooper in two released films mm-hmm. and I may or may not be in another one that's about to be released. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and, um, so yeah, but uh, oh man, I wish I could, I wish you would have been on the set to see that thing. You, you would have loved what the, uh, when the film comes out, we'll talk way more about it, but right. uh, it's just, just really cool. Um, but Hey, if in December, December 20th, if you're in London, I'm doing another concert there. Oh, my God. We're totally going to be in London. <laughs> no. We're, we're going to be setting up at Michael's house for the broadcast. You happen to be in London. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we're going to be in yeah, Ben Salem, which is the London of Bucks County. So, <laughs> Listen, I'm giving you plenty of time so that you can be there. <laughs> yes, right. So, uh, so December 20th, me and Richard Kind are hosting a Christmas variety concert at the Albert Hall. Oh, that's awesome. Be, you know, and actually, Richard Kind... He's someone that should be on the show, too. He's oh, we love him. Movie. Love him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he is the greatest. Yeah. Super talented, super good. funny, yeah. yeah. Well, he's it, the best. It, he's it, 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 it's great stuff. And, you know, and congratulations on everything and, and all of this stuff. You know, obviously, we, yeah. we, we su- support it all. The news of the Batman, Matt Reeves. I just happened to finish watching Cloverfield when that popped up on my computer. <laughs> he's such a good director. The work you did with him with the Apes yeah. movies was sensational. And uh, and when is oh, the bat, when is the Batman scheduled to uh to be out and when do you guys start work on it? When when are you projected to uh to get in the studio well, and start recording? I think it comes out summer of 21. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably be recording sometime in 
I would say Feb- March maybe of that year. Okay. So uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's right. We put that on your calendar. We we found out with you when we came out for the visit for Spider Man Homecoming, which I was surprised that. Uh, you know, we had seen all the the trailers for the film leading up to then, and and the bits of, of of video that they were playing that you guys in the orchestra were playing along to still had CGI renderings that needed to be done. And and Nick and I were yeah. like, you mean yeah. these things aren't finished by the time you get to the music? And I think your reaction was like, oh no 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 no. Uh, so yeah, no, there's 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 hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of poor VFX artists who are struggling to finish. I'm sure even, you know, Star Wars at this very moment, and they're still really in a big grind right now to get the effects done. Wow. It's amazing. What a world you live in. Yes. It's fun. Well, listen, uh, Michael, I'm sure you have to get to um, a villa somewhere while you're in Italy. uh, Lake Cuomo with George Clooney. Enjoy the day, but uh, we appreciate you taking some time out and uh, and getting in touch with us, and we'll, we'll get to work on coming out to visit you, all right? Yeah, let's make that happen. That would be so fun. All I'd right. be down for that. You are the best. Thank All you. All right, guys. Take Thank care. you so much. Anytime. Great to talk to you. Michael yeah. He is he's a piece of work. He's something else. Super he's, talented. He's, he's just the most unassuming <laughs> Superstar, I texted because that's McCartney. what he is in that in that realm. He is. What's that? He, I texted Paul McCartney and uh, oh, and, and he and, and the, I don't know if you guys heard, but he said so. McCartney came over and he brought Ron Howard with him. That's unbelievable. You know? Yeah. So listen, uh, I'm going to say this right now. That's going to happen. Yeah. We we're going to L.A. Happen. We're going to do a show. We're going to make this. I don't know how we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. we got to get somebody to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want you, to sponsor, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you are interested in sponsoring, Preston and Steve go to California. Mm. Brought to you by. It's yeah. the Preston and Steve broadcast from California. Brought to you by Stake em Up. Yeah. Hey, the Jersey's hey. guys are sitting behind me. They're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Brought to you by Jersey. Mm-hmm. But uh, he sounds like legitimately, I guys, we would have a sleepover at his house. That's really and funny. we would we would <laughs> just stay awake till two o'clock in the morning and do our show. Talk yeah. about boys. Talk about boys and do our hair. <laughs> no, oh, honestly, I want I want that list of friends. I want that. I want him to go into his contacts and pull out some stops and see who could come over to the house. Yeah, because he he could. I mean, he's he's operating at a different level. I mean. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, maybe uh, Paul McCartney could do music news, dude. You know? Just just <laughs> the people. Just the people that were walking around when we went there yeah. uh, for to, for the Spider-Man Homecoming recording. Just the people walking around was like, you know, he go, oh, that's uh, so-and-so over there. And that's uh, and Kevin Feige just came in and sat yeah. down in the studio with us. You know, I mean, he's the Marvel dude. And uh, we met uh, a gentleman named Nathan East. He's a bass player. Good Lord, he's played with everybody. Yeah. And he's a legend. And he, just, he was just walking down the yeah. hall. And uh, and it's just so he runs in that circle, yeah. And it's uh, it's pretty amazing, and and, and he likes us for some bizarre reason. I love yeah. it. So that was really awesome. All right, we uh, the awesome is just continuing. Yes! Uh, yeah, just yeah, getting started because uh, we're gonna have another very cool guest in here in a moment. But first, let me give away uh, two twenty-five dollar gift cards to Jersey's Sports Bar and Pizzeria. They're in Glenside, and they have the honor of being the two thousand nineteen Bud Light Platinum Thursday Night Huddle host tonight and you can get uh, $4.50 Goose Island drafts, $3 Bud Light Platinums and $2.50 Bud and Bud Lights during tonight's event. Nick will be there from 7 to 9 
In addition to the Eagles game tickets that we'll have to give away, uh, there's an Eagles football autograph by Brandon Brooks that is up for grabs as well. So make sure you stop by and see them. And we'll take callers 12 and 13 at 215-263. WMMR going to give you those $25 gift cards. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Frank Stallone. Yeah. We'll be in our studio. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Dirty Honey. You know the time has come. So don't mess me Shine down. My monsters are real. And they're trying to have Ghost. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. We're excited to have our next guest in the studio. Uh, his documentary is going to be screening at the Philadelphia Film Festival this Saturday, 11.30 a.m. Steve, you watched it and you loved it. I loved it. That's I loved it. I recommend you go see it. Uh, tickets are available at filmadelphia.org. And uh, I can't. we can't go further without any proper music. Case, I know you're running around. It's ready to go? Like, yeah. where? where is it? Oh, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Can't bring them on without that. One and only Frank Stallone. Yeah. I want them to play that at my funeral. Is here. They should. <laughs> I'll be. I'm dead, but he's far from over. It means he comes back. That's right. <laughs> he's far from over. By the way, the documentary is called Stallone. Frank, that is. Brilliant title, by the way. Thank you. I love it. So I, I was lavishing praise on it. Sincere. I loved it. I watched it last night, and I, I, you know, I, I couldn't even pause it. I was taking notes, and I ended up oh, like wow. I told you, talk nine pages of notes. First off, it's it's it's. I've always been a fan. We've always been a fan. And there were things that I... And I have to do two things. I have to compliment the film and I have to apologize for things that I thought about you because I loved you and I, I've always loved the career. But I always thought things that you dispel in them. I didn't realize how extensive your music career was. I didn't realize... Because there was the... And you fought this. throughout, And it's explained in the movie. This perception of nepotism got you this and got you that. You were well on a on a music career prior to your brother Sly getting the the movies and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I remember, uh, you know, and we're going to go through each thing specifically. But I thought, like around the time of like uh, um, "Staying Alive," which your brother directed, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "How are they giving Frank Stallone this, the the beat?" And then the Bee Gees and all this stuff, and then it mm-hmm. gets broken down. And I'm like, "Oh my god, I to- I was totally wrong." And I then I, at that moment, as I'm hearing you talk about it. Sensing your frustration mm-hmm. about what now you, you're not you're not bitter about no. stuff and you 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 know you have a, a great relationship with your brother and so on and so forth mm-hmm. but the movie does a phenomenal job of showing a guy who uh, you know who's got talent and you have you know luminaries in this movie that are singing your praises and you know Schwarzenegger and musicians and Duff McKagan and Richie Sambora and on and on and on talking about your 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 abilities you know and and it's 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 a double-edged sword because you have this wonderful thing, but you're always you're eclipsed by it, almost to the point. And I'm I'm feeling your pain when there's <laughs> ads start to appear in the newspaper, oh, a band that you've been working on and you've had music and success, and you're billed as Rocky's brother, yeah. a fictional uh-huh. character. No, we're on. Yeah, we're on RCA Records appearing tonight at Dick Lee's. Rocky's brother, <laughs> Frank, and Valentine. It's like. And it's like I said, it. I thought that would be the end of that after staying alive. Right. It was worse. Yeah. It just became, it's like, so I told my managers when I had them at that time, I said, whatever you do, if they ever do that, we're not playing. 
Yeah. Because I felt bad for the rest of the guys in the group. Because sure. the group was called Valentine. It yeah. wasn't called Frank Stallone and Valentine. And no, it's not like Paul Revere and the Raiders, you know. So. And you didn't want that, but that was no. how, let, let's go back to the beginning because yeah. you you you're you're um you're first in, in Maryland. Yeah. You come your your mom is who's a character and <laughs> I, I think she's amazing. she's amazing. Ninety eight years old. Right. Wow. Still chugging along. You yeah. and your brother. You, you, uh, as we've since learned, he has no musical ability, <laughs> but yeah. you do, and, and you're you're gravitating. You love music. Yeah. You and the stories of you and and I will call him Sly. So I'm not yeah, saying yeah, Sly. Yeah. Uh, getting into brother fights and oh. and he smashes a ukulele over your head, and 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 he, he's he's very loving. Stuck but, a drum pedal in my head, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and so you're 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 big into into music and you you want to keep pursuing it mm-hmm. and and um so you you start you your first band is the American Tragedy that's right, right. yes and so you enter with this band just to put it in common 1965 1965 yeah. there's a battle of the bands contest in Philadelphia yeah. about 300 bands you come in second place uh, yeah, I, yeah. We, most people thought probably should have won but you know you know the politics of Philadelphia right <laughs> so so and then as you're moving along you're so people like Daryl Hall, yes. John Oates. These yeah. people are coming in and out of the band. Yeah. How did how did you hook up with uh, Daryl Hall briefly? Okay, uh, 1968. I was the first group of Valentine. This is after the American tragedy. So there were clubs in Philadelphia, the Second Fret, the original Electric Factory, and all that stuff. So we were starting to write our own music. So I started a group called Valentine. And right? you've always written your music. Yes. It's not like you were yeah. a, a singer for hire. No, uh, you're a musician yeah. and can play m- yeah. instruments. All right, so, so, so go ahead. So we're thinking, hey, man, we need a keyboard player. Now, we were practicing on 10th and Pine, like one of those old row homes. So the practice room was maybe half the size of that. It's like, right. Like a large bathroom. Anyway, so we put the group in there, and the guy goes, hey, man, we got this guy named Daryl Hall. He's a really great singer and keyboard player. I said, wow, it's great. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting there. We're playing in this place, in those creaky steps. We see this really tall, handsome guy. Right. I mean, this is 1968. Great looking guy, and he's sitting there the whole time watching us rehearse. And I said, "I said, whoa!" This guy goes, "Man, you guys are really, really great." I said, "Well, want to join the band?" He goes, "I can't because he was getting married, and he was in a group that actually made a living. We didn't, so we just wrote our own songs and and got like free, you know, free crumpets at the second fret." So you actually went for a whitefish one day, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, I get five bucks and all the smoked fish I could eat. Hence, I was very skinny though. Yeah. yeah. So, so Valentine comes about this yeah. name and Preston. You so Preston that was with a, a band, you know, for for many years. Tell them how the name Valentine okay. came about. How Valentine came about. The group was called Valentine, and we we kind of fancied ourselves after the Buffalo Springfield, Moby Grape, the Young Bloods. Kind of, we thought we were like real countryish, right? You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we called the group Valentine. So I went to a store. People might remember it called Rodeo Benz. In, in, like, North Philadelphia. It was a Western store, like Nudie's. Like, right. I mean, famous. It was like an old Jewish guy. So, that, you want cowboy boots? I got cowboy. So, Ben was like a Jewish, like, schmata guy. He was yeah. like, a, like a tailor. Yeah. But he made Western clothes. So, I went down. I said, hey, man, I'd like to get a Western belt with the name Valentine on the back. So I said, so I was walking around, I was Brit, and they throw me out of the group a week later after I get the belt. Oh, right? man. So now I'm out. So then I start a group called Bananas 
in Trenton, New Jersey. And I said, well, man, I can't wear this belt. So I changed my name to Valentine Stallone. I swear to God. <laughs> if you look on my Instagram, my, my YMCA card says Fra- Valentine F. Stallone. For the belt. For the belt. Duh. So I can legitimize the belt. So that's the only belt I had. So I, I didn't want people going, hey, what's that, man? Had mm-hmm. Someone give that to you for Valentine's Day? So then I worked at Bloomingdale's while I was living with my brother for $85 every week and a half or two weeks. Right. And that was my name. I mean, Valentine how, Stallone. How do you go and get a job at a department <laughs> store? No background check. Right, yeah. <laughs> my driver's license says Frank Stallone. What's your name? Valentine Stallone. Have you worked in the retail? Ah, many times. I was like, <laughs> like hair down to here. I had to tuck it in my shirt. It's the worst. Right. A shirt salesman. So the British invasion takes place. Yeah. And you, you, so you're moving along. Story about this band, Bananas. Oh, God. You get booked with the gig you think you have. In Portland, Ex- Maine. Ex- and you're here. Explain what happened. <sighs> We're in Trenton, New Jersey. I mean, living, it wasn't quite as ghetto as it is now, but it yeah. was It was working on it. So yeah. we lived there, and we were, again, playing for like $80 a night for a whole band. Yeah. And that's not even talking about the manager's cut, right? Right. Really, so, really paying your dues. That's right. Five, six nights a week, 160 minutes of music a night playing. 40 yeah. on, 20 off. So we go like this, and the guy goes, hey, man, my manager, Robin, goes, we got a gig in Portland, Maine. I'm going... To me, that's like going to, like, Rome yeah. from Trenton, New Jersey, Portland, <laughs> yep. Maine. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, so, so we go like this. So I go. So we pack up every – we have hardly any money, just enough to get there. So our amps are every, all there. We put a mattress over all our equipment. So it's the four guys and the manager. So the day we leave, we say, hey, man, we're going to Portland tomorrow. Our league guitar player goes, hey, man, I'm going to bring my amp home and tweak it for the gig. He never showed up. Really? Yeah, the, so Mike Burke, he took off. He was in a group called the Sidekicks. I go, I said, something's weird. Like, he, you, now you want to take your amp home to work on it, but yeah. we're stupid. So he, there. So we, now we got to get a late a friend, Steve Berg, who never played with us. Right. I said, we're going to all the hash you can do and whatever. <laughs> so we so we go up to Portland, Maine, and it's like, wow, this could be great. We finally get there. It's a long haul from Trenton, New Jersey to Portland, Maine. We get there. It's a kind of cool club, you know, 1960s club. But you're thinking we got a legit club. We got we're, a legit, we're playing yeah. a legit club. Yeah. We're doing it. We're now. out of town. Yeah. Man. Okay. We get there and the guy goes, "Hey, yeah, I'm Robin uh, Garb. I'm the manager of Bananas." And the guy goes, "Like the stoop, like, <laughs> like a deer." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, we're booked to play here." He goes, "He's looking through his book." He goes, "I've never heard of you." I go, "Are you kidding me?" So. We're like total dorks on there. Oh, so now we have, I don't even know where we spent. I don't think we spent the night. You've driven this distance. Yeah, my bass player and the guitar yeah. player we just hired yeah. picked up two chicks. They didn't even come back with us to Trent. They stayed up in Portland. <laughs> Was that like an eight-hour drive? Yeah. Nine hours, something ridiculous Cold, like that? And now we have and no a, money. Yeah. Oh. And, and he goes, well, my manager goes, I'm starving. Yeah, I got some hash. I go, really? Okay. <laughs> I didn't even smoke the stuff. Anyway, so, so we get like a Texas wiener and like cut it in three pieces. <laughs> So we made the trip just with the drummer, my manager, myself. Oh, Dude, two other guys left. Yeah. I said, well, I, I thought you were coming back. I was oh, man, met some nice chicks. I said, in Portland? <laughs> so that and was they it. stayed. Wow. And they stayed. So you. Uh, so the guitar player actually never played. I mean, never even. <laughs> He was never with us, but he got laid. I mean, that's what happened. But, yeah. but that's he the never nature. played a show and got laid. Yeah, that's right. I, and I didn't. I'm the lead did. singer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liken the documentary to press into this t- Twisted Sister uh, d- uh, documentary yeah. called Where Mother F and Twisted Sister. Yeah. And 
there is a certain thing, and, and I, I did stand-up comedy for anybody who's hustling to make it, it can commiserate yeah. with all these stories mm-hmm. and near misses. And the amount of the amount of energy that has to be exerted oh. in, in, in hopes of getting there. So uh, we'll jump ahead a little bit. You're in. You're, you have sort of a residency in a club in Jersey. You got your band, the the, the Hogan's Hogan's in right, Lawrenceville. And yeah. you're, you're playing uh, co- quite consistently. 133 and, nights we played there, and building up <laughs> a, a fan base. In fact, so much so Packed. that a young what, Richie Sambora is coming down to Frank, see. What, you. what time frame is this? What, what 1974, early 75, before the whole Rocky thing. Okay. So we're playing. We're we're like a working band, okay. and, and then a band that's attracting. You're packing the place. Packed. Every Wednesday, pack. Richie Sambora, young, comes down, big fan of the band. Yeah. You, you have him come up one or yeah, two he's nights. 17 years old. Right. Yeah. He was better than all of us, <laughs> so, which didn't say too much for us. Anyway. So <laughs> you get a break. You yeah. get a deal with Polygram. Now, you have to understand this. I had not been to California yet. My brother had moved out to California. Right. And he had always sent me these postcards like him, like in a vet. Of course, it wasn't his. But like just to break my chops, right? Maybe, right. Like a hot-looking chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. California, and I'm like in this gray, dismal Trenton, New Jersey, yeah. Hermitage Avenue house. So, I go, you, you got us a deal with Polygram Records? Yes, and we're flying out to California. Now you thought Portland, Maine was big. Yeah, this yeah. is now. Now this, this is, is real big, man. Yeah. You've, got, you've got some cred. Yeah, yeah, cred, man. So, the night before, the night before we're leaving, we're packed. We're ready yeah. to go, man. The whole band, right? They throw us a bon voyage party at this club, man. Like, they bring out a cake with, like, a steamship on it. I don't know what the hell that means. Like, <laughs> we weren't going by ocean liner in California. So, bon voyage. Uh, yeah. Girls crying. Uh, like, the bouncers. I'm meeting more chicks. Now you guys are leaving. You know, these type of things. You canceled all your gigs. Canceled every gig we had. I'm literally opening the door to leave my house, go to the airport. Ring, ring. Like stupid rotary phone. I yeah, pick yeah. it up. Robin goes, I got bad news. I go, what What happened? Cramps? What What happened? Yeah. He goes, uh, the deal fell through. I go, excuse me? Oh I literally had my guitar like opening the door to go to Dear Philadelphia God. airport. What do you mean the deal fell through? We canceled like five months of games. We were going there to do an album. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. And I go, oh, God. So we went. For a while without a gig. Did you ever find out why? Why they dropped you like that? Bad management. I okay. Right. So, do you ever find out? So a lot of times you just don't and it, it just, just falls apart. Yeah. And, and, the and thing those is, things you're so close to. Uh, but you know how bad it was to play that club again? <laughs> you oh, After they threw you a going away party. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, to sit there and go on stage, you go, yeah, I know we're like dipsticks, but it <laughs> 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 wasn't my fault. So yeah. then... But we still packed the place. Because yeah. then they felt even worse for us. Yeah. And they hated my manager. They wanted to kill him. You know, and the bouncers, hey, they're back. So <laughs> we get these guys from Rutgers that were like 300 pounds. They would work at the club. Right. So we were always, like, safe. No one messed with us. So you go and you move wow. in. So eventually you end up in New York. You, you, you Your brother's, you, uh, he has a, uh, like, a small a small apartment, yeah. I guess. There is an abandoned apartment next, next to his. Yes. You make it a a basically a like joint a squatter yeah with actually. a shovel yeah. explain what you did well no he did okay he dug through the wall <laughs> so it was like a squatter and uh eventually they found out and i had to pay rent and i don't know if i could handle it, it was 85 dollars a month <laughs> on 56 in lexington right and he lived right next door that's where butkus was born the 
the dog from Rocky. The dog no no yeah. Right. Yeah. Let me dispel the turtle thing. I'm sick of this thing with the tort <laughs> okay. cuff and link. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, I heard your brother banned. I said he never had them. They were props in the movie. <laughs> we went when we did Rocky Balboa. They're tortoises now. They're like <laughs> yeah. They're like thirty pounds in a tank that's too small. Right. 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 So there was going like 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 child abuse they're not his turtles <laughs> they're like the turtles used to buy in Woolworths sure like, yeah. yeah but they're they, now they'd be disease ridden and they'd yeah, have a fake now, little palm tree yeah, now yeah. they're like Galapagos turtles and they're like you know, <laughs> hanging out the thing like this so I keep getting that and hey did he sell butkus no he did not sell butkus by the way your impression of your brother is hilarious uh, it's absolutely <laughs> <laughs> So you, so, you, so that so that that uh, that myth that he had sold Buckus and then eventually bought him back is he not sold true. it for a half a day to Jimmy Gambino, who's the little kind of short guy in Rocky that worked in the gym. Okay, hey, yeah, 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 because he had no money. He was expecting yeah. a child. Yeah, so he figured he'd sell Buckus for like forty bucks, and then he he took him back. And Jimmy goes, "Well, now you got to put me in the movie because I put your lights out anyway." <laughs> but he got Buckus his. He had him since he was a baby, so he was out of his sight for maybe. Eight hours, right? Okay. And, and that is, so a Hollywood myth is born. Yeah, of course, yeah. You're you're doing coffee shops. You walk into a coffee shop, and there's a a, a guy. You're going to go play. So okay, you're, you're sort of you know you're 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 going to eat it a little bit and go do what you have to do to, to to make it work. You go in, and there's a guy on the on the bill who's uh, Bruce oh. Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, it was a place called Kenny's Castaways in New York, and it was on 85th Street. And you know, of course, I was Valentine, and to me, now I it was an Irish type pub. Yeah. I weaseled my way in there. I had an Irish accent. And the guy said, so where are you from? I said, I Dunkirk there. <laughs> Talking there. Well, I like to play with you. Yeah, no. So my accent was so bad, I was going from Liverpudlian to Gaelic. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get in there if I can, mate. You know, so, anyway, so, so, I, so I get the gig, and I start playing there, right? So all of a sudden, I'm going to the gig, and my brother doesn't have enough money to get in. I think it was $1.50. So I said, carry my guitar. Him and John Hertzfeld carried my guitar in the club. And all of a sudden, I walk in this guy with this, you know, like he had piles or something. Yeah. But he had like a hat on. I said, who is this act? And I thought it was like really cool. So I go to the dressing room. So I'm just sitting there. Da, 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 and then I hear a band, like music. So yeah. I figure, well, I guess he's off stage. You know, they're turning music on. I open the door. I go, oh, God. He's doing like Rosalita. It's the E Street Band. Yeah. He was just doing one song by himself. I go, and I'm going on with a piano that's facing the wall. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. It's like Bad Lieber, like Larry Ferrari or something, the organ player. I mean, so, yeah, right. There's a silly so, Nicely done. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and, go, oh, and I talked to him backstage. He was very nice. Yeah, yeah. Very nice guy. And I bumped him years later. He goes, you know what my favorite movie is? I said, what? I go, mine, Death in Beverly Hills? No, what is it? He goes, Paradise Alley. Uh-huh. I swear to God. Really? I mean, yeah, he's a nice guy. He's yeah. a really nice guy. But then from there, it's just whatever. It's everything uh, skyrockets, yeah. though, because you get the call from your brother. He's looking for cheap music for a, for a movie. They're, 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 a cheap movie. A yeah. cheap movie. Yeah. Take it from there. Well, my brother wasn't a big phone caller. Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Everything all right? Never. <laughs> So when I get a phone call, it's like, B-ling. this is our old Bell telephones. Like, yeah. it was an orange wall phone, like rotary phone. Hey, brother. So I said, okay, you want something. Like, this. Said, <laughs> like immediately. Right, By the yeah, way, you guys have, a, every brother has a brother relationship like this where, you you know, you you you, yeah. you, you get into brawls. He's and, Eddie Haskell but, of the brothers. Right, I'm the beaver and he's right, Eddie right. Haskell, right? All right. So 
um, doing this movie, a boxing movie. I said, yeah, great. You know, like, yeah, I'm sitting there, okay. <laughs> so I have my band. He goes, yeah, I need some music. I said, well, I don't know how to write music for a boxing movie. I'm like, I, I consider myself the artiste, like Steely yeah. Dan. Right, right. And he goes, well, you remember you used to sing on the street corner? Yeah, I said, yeah, acapella, Frankie Lime. Yeah, something like that. I just forgot about it, right? Anyway, so <laughs> the next phone call I get, Hey, brother. Yeah. I say, hey, Sly, how's everything going? What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm in Philly. I said, what? He goes, yeah, you got the music? I said, you called me six months ago. You're Now you're calling me? Right, yeah. I said, oh, oh no, before that, he said he was writing a boxing movie. Okay, yeah. so music. So I go to visit my mother in Miami. Miami. My mother's like a yenta, you know? Frankie. Always breaking my chops. Still, to this minute, right? She goes, I know. I said, yeah, Sly's doing this movie about boxing, and I you know, I don't know how to write music for that. So I know this guy named Benny Rubin who wrote, like, baby face, like in the 20s. Yeah. This guy's 100 years old, right? She goes, give him a call. I said, well, Mom, you know, baby face and Margie, that type of stuff. So I call the guy up. Okay, this is 1970s. It wasn't like today, like, hey, man. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So – I say, uh, hey, Mr. Ruby. Yeah. I said, yeah, I'm uh, Jackie's son. Oh, ah, Jack, Jackie Stallone. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want, kid? Like the cigar. Yeah, yeah hairline yeah. down to here, like Marlboro <laughs> Ray. So, so he's there. Yeah, 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 kid. And I said, uh, listen, my brother is writing a movie about a boxer, and we're looking for, you're looking for a song? Call me back in 30. Dang, dang, dang. So I'm sitting there. I said, call a guy back. He goes, listen to this. So he puts the phone like, you know, lean on the table, like how, and I'm listening to it. He's like playing like a tack piano. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. He's a punchy punchinello with the I said, what is this? Alexander's ragtime band, right? I said, I don't quite know about that. He goes, call me back in 30 minutes, right? Same song with different lyrics. He's got cauliflower ears and his nose is a banana. I said, oh, wait, wait, wait. So I said, hey, I'll get back to you. He died like two days later. He was a famous songwriter, like in Tim Pan Alley. Just Benny like Ruben. a conveyor belt coming out. Yeah. Oh so, so we're all familiar with the take. It opens up the movie, Take, take You Back. back. Right. Oh, well, there's a story in that. Yeah. And, and Take You Back. So I finally put the song together real quick, Take You Back. Yeah. And Sly goes, yeah, listen. Uh, I said, Sly, nobody wants to be in the movie. I go, what are you talking about? Because they were afraid of him. Yeah. Because he was, like, muscular. We were, like, anorexic, like, bulimic. You know, rock guys, <laughs> yeah. and he was like still into fitness when it wasn't like hip, right? So, uh, I said, Man, they don't want to do the movie. I said, Why? He said, Well, we're playing White Horse Bowling Academy, and they're paying us 140 bucks. Now, now, figure five guys, $140 <laughs> split five ways, yeah. and the manager takes 20%. So, that's $28. Yeah. So, okay, it's so a big gig, oh, yeah. man, buck 20 <laughs> for five guys. And so, and all the white fish, and yeah. you can eat. So, we do it. So he goes, yeah, but you said you. I said, oh Christ! I said, guys, man, he's gonna kill me. You gotta be, like, but yeah, man, he's like, you know, like he always tries to tell us how to sing. And yeah. He can't sing. Yeah, and everything sounds the same. I said, I'm doing a love song. No, you gotta do it like this, like Joe Cocker. I said, I don't sing like that. So all of a sudden, I said, I said, man. So he gets calls me back. All right, we'll give you 140. I said, we're making 140 goes <laughs> each. I go, excuse me? That's like two months' wages for us. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So we go down, and we're right on Lehigh and Tusculum, right on the corner where he, the house he lived on. Right, yeah, right. that house. Yeah. So we're sitting there on a, the garbage can, and Burgess Meredith comes walking in. Like, no one really knew anybody in the movie other than him, but as the penguin. 
Yeah, it was made for a song and a dance. It was made for driving. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. that's what it was made yeah. for nine hundred thousand. So we sing the song "Take You Back," and we're drinking wine and getting like little ripped. Yeah, and there's like local people that's scaring the crap out of us. Like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Guys, like, whoa! Guys, like thirteen with no teeth, like right. cauliflower ears. Right, yeah. Hey, what are you guys doing down here? We, we, we found them guys. I know. We're trying to shoot a movie, right? We got the teamsters around, going, "Hey, hit the bike!" Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we did the movie. Forgot about it. You know, because we're working on our record deal. You know, we we still get rejected every week, but we're still working on our record deal. I'm walking down the street in New York City past the newsstand. Yeah, I know it's rare for you guys, but people <laughs> did read in those days. There yeah. were newspaper stands. And all of a sudden, I'm there like this. I was like really depressed. I said, man. I look up. There's a village voice, and he is on the cover, full size. Is this the next Brando, Dean, or Newman? I go, excuse me? <laughs> I know I did my share, but I'm like looking going, really? I said, I'll take that. It was like a quarter, village voice. It's this. You, you don't know the impact until you read it in a paper. But it's not even out yet. Yeah. Okay, so the movie was only released, you know, I hate to tell in two theaters. Okay. <laughs> well, you, and you, you, one of them, you were saying the movie we was worked a theater. At. You, you worked in the we theater. We were ushers. ushers. Yeah. You, you take a picture outside, right. and it's very poignant in, yeah. the, in, in the documentary, mm -hmm. which is uh, uh, Stallone, Frank, that is. You say that's the last picture you took with your brother Sylvester before he became a world phenomenon. That was the last moment of anim anonymity. Yeah. Anonymity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too much chicken and peach last night. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Jenny. So, so that, and I go like this. So this is really weird. I invited a guy from Trenton. I go, hey man, they're showing the movie yeah. in the afternoon before it opens, before it comes out. Yeah. Like a screening in the afternoon. Yeah. So the guy comes. I'm sitting there with Sly. Right. And we're watching the movie, and all of a sudden, like people are like walking out, getting up, and slicing. And they're going, "Oh, man, we're in trouble!" Oh, people are leaving. Yeah, Rocky, right. Yeah. And like the guys, hey, do you like the, <laughs> hey, do you like the movie? Yeah, move. <laughs> that night it opens. Yeah. It forget it. Yeah. You could hear cheering across Third Avenue from in the theater. That's how wow. it, people forget what a what phenomenal. a phenomenon this movie was. And the movie only got one bad review by what was his name? He was a New York Times what you know, pompous yeah, ass yeah, right. guy. Yeah. George Plimpton type. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you know, intellectualizing everything. And the movie got such because he was an unknown. It was that's what was beautiful about yep. they made him retract his review. He said, You're making us look really bad at the times. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean, even like, you know, the plo dunk you know, journal, and, yeah. you know, something that's going, oh, it's one of the great movies. Because it was it was a Horatio Alger story. It is a Frank Capra movie. It is a wonderful life. And Mr. Smith, it's all that kind of stuff. As I'm thinking about it, I've done a bunch of the documentary. I'm thinking, you, you know, your story is, is you keep at it, you know, and, yeah. and throughout it, you have that, you, you, you get a little bit of traction off mm -hmm. that. The band, you know, you end mm -hmm. up doing the circuit. You're, yeah. You know, you do uh, what Midnight Special. We did Midnight, Mike Douglas Mike when Douglas. he was in Philly, yeah. Merv Griffin, Jim Neighbors, Dinah Shore. That was the first show we ever did. Dinah but Shore. you slowly realize that every time you're on these shows and you're being interviewed, you're being interviewed because you're a circuitous connection to Sylvester right. Stallone. Yeah. And, and, it, and, it's, and it's starting to like... Uh, well, because I never had to deal with that. I mean, yeah. there's no, there's no uh, book... Like a ledger saying, okay, obscure actor becomes the biggest movie star overnight. Brother who plays crappy bars, how do you deal with it? Mm 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was mm-hmm. nothing. I didn't know how to do it because I was always my own entity. Yeah, always, yeah. Uh, but Frank was always, oh, rock band, Frank's band, bananas, whatever, American Tragedy Valentine. So now it was like I was explaining my life. You know what I mean? It was really weird. And almost having to justify it. Yeah, yeah, justify it, like yeah, being a like, musician. That's why this movie is the first time you hear my life story. I mean, everyone else has been telling everyone else in the news who I am that don't know me. Yeah. And I, as you notice in the movie, I'm just like kind of cannon fodder. It's other people <laughs> telling the stories. And, and I and I told you right at the beginning of this interview, I, I believed a lot of that stuff. But, you you know, the, your hard work comes through and and time after time I was telling Preston the story so eventually I know there's there's so much I want people to see the movie for so much that's in it but you get out to Hollywood mm-hmm. your brother invites you out you you you're, you're prone to, you have d- depression and and I guess yeah. anxiety yeah. Yeah, you, you suffer Panic from that. attacks right. in those days yeah right. terrible anxiety so so you get you out there where he happens to live he's he's close to your idol Harry Nelson yes. the great Harry Nelson yes. a, a musician yes this guy never produces other people. No. But he says, I'm going to produce your album. That's You're right. I met album. him on, we were, at that time we were on RCA Records. Yeah. That was short-lived, of course. Been on like 12 labels. Anyway, so RCA Records. And I met him with the group when we came to California. To the guy's a legend. Special. The guy, uh, yeah, it was a legend. legend. So yeah. and I move out. I have literally no money. Nothing. So I'm yeah. staying. Now, this is really bizarre. Now, Bel Air is like one of the most expensive neighborhoods in the world. Mm-hmm. So he's living with Susan Anthony. He goes, yeah, you can stay here. All right. I didn't even know what Bel Air was, right? Yeah. So people go, like, girls go, hey, say, like, where do you live? I go, well, Bel Air. They go, <laughs> I mean, it was like a quickie in two seconds. Like, whoa, bang, swing. I mean, it's like, you know, I didn't realize it was like the most expensive. So yeah. I'm dressed with hair, flannel shirts. I look like, you know, like like Kurt Cobain. You're yeah, grunge yeah, yeah. before grunge. Yeah, so yeah. where do you live? Oh, well, Bel Air. All of a sudden, it's like, all of a sudden, the girls are, like, digging me. It's like, yeah, I yeah. couldn't, you know, I couldn't get on a bet, you know? So, all of a sudden, it's like, now I'm starting to work it. So, where do you live? <sighs> Bel Air, babe. So, <laughs> Bel Air, babe. So, it was this beautiful house. I lived by myself with Butkus, the dog, who, by the way, would like, when he goes to the bathroom, it's like, looks like the Pyramid of Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so, I'm living in <laughs> Bel Air. So, Sly goes, hey, you know who lives next door? I go, who? He goes, Harry Nelson. Now, I almost have a coronary attack. I go, you're idle. My idol. Yeah. I mean, through the worst times of my life, listening to his music really made me feel good. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, and, and people that do suffer from panic attacks know what I'm talking about. And uh, so I I wrote a letter and I put it in this mailbox. People had mailboxes then, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just getting real. real little. So all of a sudden, I never hear back from him. I'm like, now I'm really depressed because I live next door. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call. Hey, Stolonioni. I said, who's this? He goes, it's Schmill. I said, Harry? He goes, yeah. I said, he goes, yeah, I was over in Malta doing Popeye for like five months. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and th- that's why I didn't get the letter. And then we just became like fast friends. I really loved him a lot. He was, he was a brilliant writer. He was a wonderful character. And yet again, though, he's producing this album. He's his genius. Yeah. He is, at that time, even known to be best friends with John Lennon. Yes. And you're there one day, and the phone rings. And what no, is that? The phone didn't ring. I was recording yeah. in the studio, like with the, through the glass. And Harry was there. And this is the band: Klaus Foreman on bass, who was yeah. with the Beatles; Jim Keltner on drums, who played with everybody; Van Dyke Parks. And you name it, they were in. Half of them were John Lennon's band. And by the way, Nilsson had had a little bit of a falling out. They had with John, a little falling out, and, and they he, were, was, he right. wanted to patch the rift. Yeah, they were going to go in next week. Okay. 
all of a sudden I'm sitting there like this, you know, and I said, what the hell's going on? And he goes, I said, playback. I said, hold on. I said, okay, because I'm ready to sing. We're, you know, yeah. tape. And you go, uh, uh, John's dead. I go, John who? Lennon. I go, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> could, I mean, it's, could I have any more bad luck? <laughs> it's like his and best you, friend in the you, band is like. You don't want to seem selfish. No, but, but of course you're, not. Yeah, but it's. No, well, someone you would say that John Lennon had worse luck than you. <laughs> yeah, I'd say John. Yeah, John had a worse day than me, but it was just like. <laughs> But no, this is, this is your... It's like Broadway Danny Rose. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Rodeo Ben. What? You want schmata? <laughs> no, here again, yet again, is your opportunity and, and his great friend. And the Beatle gets shot. And the, the Beatle gets shot and... Uh, levels him. And that, that yeah. destroys him. Not mentally. Wayne Cochran and the C.C. Riders. <laughs> John Lennon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, you can't get more catastrophic than that. Right. And so I'm walking in the, the studio... And everyone was like in recovery. Yeah, they're all like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, some guy gets like an eight ball blow. And I didn't do drugs. Yeah, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there with Scotty Brothers Records. That name alone will tell you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was. You know, so, so we're producing, and all of a sudden, there's now the booze and the coke come out. Now all these guys are kind of in recovery. Yeah, oh, John, and I mean, blow is going into the. The, what do you call it? The on console. The board? The yeah, on the console. console yeah. yeah, on the sliders. I'm there. Oh, God. So we're not getting any music. Frank's trying another take. I said, I'm not really into it now. And they're all blasted. I mean, falling out. Yeah. Like Jesse Ed Davis. I mean, passed out. So the next day, I have to go on the Scotty Brothers record, Ben and Tony. And present them a demo to listen to. Oh. It was like this. And Okay, so John Lennon is dead. Yeah. Okay, I go in the next day. And they're really busy because, you know, their record, they're doing a tribute to Lennon, you know, because yeah. they had stuff. And he goes, All right, let's see what you have. Like, yeah, Christ almighty. It's unlistenable. Oh, it's man. like Gregarian chants. Yeah. It's like a guy breaking wind into a, like, a smoke screen. It's, 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 it's like, I go, I said, wait, 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 go forward. I thought maybe it was just an outtake yeah. of, you know, someone flushing the toilet. Yeah. And it's a song, and he goes... I, every time he's a gangster, my, I don't know why my brother's voice comes. Yeah, Sly comes in. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I go, uh, and Harry's there. Yeah, profusely because he was an alcoholic. I mean, sweating. I mean, you could actually put a cup under it and like recycle it. Jesus, he would drink. You'd have no idea. And he's like sweating with the sunglasses. Hey man, trying to be clever, Harry. Yeah, and they weren't having it. It was like the Gambino family. Like, oh, well, you know, we spent like. Twenty-five thousand dollars, right? Right, and we get a bunch of junk. <laughs> yeah, and I'm there. Yeah, but uh, you know, Lennon died, and the guys were all upset. He goes, "Ask me if I care." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they cared. If you pay me, yeah, if yeah. you pay me. Yeah. So we had to go back in, and boy, we were on the straight and narrow thing because I thought it was we get our legs broken or something like that. It's just, it's just the, the movie is just wow. one. I mean, and you know, I, I, do you I notice know. there's no cursing in the movie? Yeah, wow, yeah. Except really. for me, yeah, yeah. when I got screwed out of my Academy Award. But other than that, that but that that was legit. We haven't, and you have to go see the movie because there's there's things like find out how you got shot in the hand, yeah. find out how uh, you know uh, stuff with um, uh, the the continued career with Staying Alive, with encounters with Travolta, and we had Travolta in here by the way for a, a long, a long not be, not able to get to this day. Yeah. Okay, I've been nominated for Grammy, Golden Globe. I I seriously have probably one of the best bands you've ever. Heard. I got nine piece band. And on my life, we have not done a gig where we have not got an encore or standing ovation ever. But no representation. No, re can't get an agent. Can't get an agent. I said, wow. 
I said, it's like a block away. Come see the show. <laughs> yeah, I'll try, man. I got, uh, I'm working with Miley Cyrus. I said, please, come see the show. Okay, this is Grammys, all the stuff. Nine million records. Can't get an agent. 74 movies. People come up to me all the time. Hey, man, loved you in Barfly. Barfly, yeah. Tombstone. Yeah, I said, hire me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. So in other words, <laughs> but I get the young directors, like the you know the kind of guys with the holes in their ears, yeah. you know stuff like that. Hey man, <laughs> like guys like a railroad pin through his yeah, nose. Yeah. Hey man, Doug and Barfly Bukowski's my favorite. I go, I didn't even know who this clown was, Bukowski. Yeah. I'm sitting next to him in the movie. I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> so I said, well, hire me, you know, get a job. Oh well, we'll see, man. We're we're putting it all on the screen. This is the that's the thing in Hollywood. So what's what are you paying? Well. Man, it's low budge, man. Low budge. Low budge, man. And uh, we're putting it up on the screen. I said, well, how about putting it in my bank account? Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with that. So it, it just, it's it's unbelievable. The movie is full of it. Story after story and tons of references to Philadelphia. How about Ton- my mother yeah, okay. who forgot me in Wanamakers? <laughs> <laughs> she told you to sit still. Yeah, he was such a good still. boy. He was so quiet. He didn't <laughs> know he was there. God. Goes home. So much he goes home. Go, oh, I think I forgot my. I said, you go to prison now for that. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> She goes, and he was still sitting next to Santa Claus. Oh, Frank. What I mean? Oh man! And I gotta tell you, it's really funny. So we we, and this is true. And yeah. Maybe you, I being the subject of the movie, and and Derek Wayne Johnson directed. He's great, Texas guy. He did a great documentary on John Avildsen called King of the Underdogs. It's excellent. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, they came to me. Where we like to kind of do a documentary on you? I go me. Yeah. Yeah. I said, okay, bear calling some favors. So all these friends. So the first one to get on, one of the first ones to get on board was Arnold and Sly. That's Arnold great. are featured throughout it prominently. And, I mean, and, and, I, I walked, I said, listen, they're doing a document. Oh, no problem. Just turn it to out in color. <laughs> so he, he's in it. And everyone that I'm going to mention a few that turned me down that my brother was really upset. He goes, I made his career. You mean he turned you down for the movie? Yeah. I said, yeah. So, what happened? So then, when the movie's going like this, we st- we we, we kind of start out, and and then it was just like it just like snowballed. So I go to where we're doing a rough cut. So I came with the, the legal pad, yeah, and I'm going to redline this thing to death because you know I hate seeing myself. I was like, oh man, where would I get through this yeah. thing? I sat there. Swear to you, I sat there with Dave Palamenti, one of the producers, friend of mine. So I'm there. Okay, didn't have music yet. Just the thing. I'm there. Watching it, watching it. And all of a sudden, like, I became engrossed in it. Like, it's not me anymore. It's like I'm watching this story. That's right. a good sign. Yeah. That's I mean, it's not sign. like, hey, look at my angle. Yeah, oh, yeah, That's yeah. my bad side, man. Right. No, it wasn't that. I was watching it. And I had, like, had tears in my eyes watching because they interviewed people that have known me my whole life. And I never th- thought they thought that good about me. Right. You know, because I wasn't involved in any of the interviews. I said, if you think I'm a strap you're an idiot yeah. to say it. You know, I mean, that makes the movie cool. And so at the end of it, I said, I said, this is, and I'm not saying, because I said, this is like amazing. Yeah. This is something that's been in the works for 68 years. This mm. is my life, right? Yeah. And it was quite interesting. So I, I didn't redline it. I didn't even look no. at the pad. And I, so I'm going to tell you. And, know, and you wrote we, nine pages of notes. <laughs> I wrote nine pages so. of notes. I know we have to wrap up, but I wanted to have people... Uh, really, honestly, if you have any fascination with this with this this period, yeah. a life of a guy who does not give up, 
who has a lot more layers to him. We've all been fans. But all I, agents I, are welcome to represent me. <laughs> I'm for now film or TV. much more of a fan. We haven't even touched your boxing capabilities and all that stuff. <clears throat> it's a film, and, and it's being shown 11, what is it? Uh, 11.30. It's yeah, it's 11.30, and it'll be at the Philadelphia Film uh, Center, and you can get tickets through Philadelphia.org. And it's part of the Philadelphia Film Festival. Yes, you're going to love and it. And they've been wonderful, the Philadelphia Film Festival. Yeah. If you want to hook up with me on Instagram, it's very hard to find me. Frank Dot Stallone. I mean, <laughs> my license plates are my records, so I remember it. Like, take you back 77. <laughs> Far from over 83, because I can't remember anything. So, so FrankStallone.com. Well, we, we'll have to get you back. Please. Yeah, 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 we will, Frank, definitely. This is cool, but we're, we're very happy. You guys you. are the best, man. Thanks, really man. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Stallone, Frank, that is. Make sure you see you Saturday. Frank Stallone, yeah. everybody. Thank you, my man. With Yo. that, we're going to take a break and come right back. Stay with us. MMR Rocks Stone Temple Pilots, celebrating 25 years of Purple. Listen all this weekend to win a special two-CD, newly remastered version of the band's landmark mega album. For the Super STP fans, we've got the one-hour national radio special featuring STP's Robert DeLeo and Eric Kretz, hosted by our very own Pierre Robert. WMMR.com for broadcast times and all the details, including a shot for MMR VIPs to win a super deluxe vinyl edition of Purple, available from Rhino Records, Stone Temple Pilots, and 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. All right, let me rattle off some stories for you, my friend. We'll start with this one. I said I had another explosion. We had this story in the earlier bizarre file of a house exploding. This I've never heard of. Uh, 48-year-old Cesar Schmitz of Brazil was caught uh, on his own home security cameras accidentally causing his backyard to explode. Accidentally causing his backyard to explode? Yeah, sounds a little weird, right? Yes. Uh, He tried to destroy a nest of cockroaches. Experts say that flammable gas from the insects had accumulated in the air pocket under his lawn. I don't know if he had... Oh, I've seen this. If he had, like, sod or something like that? Yeah, I've seen... and Yes. Yes, this can happen. Uh, so he put a cap full of gasoline, lit a match, and boom, the yard wow. exploded. You've seen that before? Yeah, there was um, um, natural gas, gas from coming up from the ground, getting caught under a lawn, and the lawn looked like a, a, a waterbed. Okay. Wow. Wild. Well, this, this one ignited and exploded. He had a Schmidt fit. Uh, nobody was hurt in the explosion, thankfully, but that's very, very strange. A man pulled a blade out of his stomach after being stabbed and then fatally stabbed the knife. Uh, the man who attacked him in the fight outside of an Australian bar. Pulled the knife out of himself and then killed the other guy with the same knife. He did, yes. Uh, That's the, pretty badass. The man, Christian McKay, had left a pub to buy food with his friends when he was confronted by a 60-year-old man named Mark Thomas. As uh, he and the group uh, began to brawl, uh, apparently Thomas pulled out a knife and McKay dared him to use it saying, go on, effing stab me. So the guy stabbed him, 
McKay then pulled the knife out of his stomach and used it on Thomas. Now, he stabbed him 11 times in the back and chest. He wins. And killed him. Thomas died at the scene a short time later. Uh, McKee made a court appearance Tuesday and pleaded guilty to manslaughter, but a murder charge uh, has been, initially they had, had been dropped against him. So, so does that does that constitute self-defense? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe at some point they feel he should have stopped. Uh, but yeah, probably around seven or eight. He's been uh, behind bars since he was discharged from the hospital in January, but man, to pull it out of, your, out of yourself and turn it around and use it and kill the person? If only pretty... I had a knife. Oh, yeah. yeah, right here. Police said a man wearing a realistic mask passed a note at a local restaurant that threatened a pair of local schools in Pennsylvania with the intention of robbing a bank. Officials said a man identified as 35-year-old Luke Dell from Beaver Creek, Ohio, (laughs) had walked into the Bob Evans. Uh, He was wearing a mask, and Steve, it was one of those realistic... Yeah, those latex things that actually... ...type of mask, and it was like an upper torso mask. So he passed a note to a worker that said that there was an active shooter threat and multiple bombs at Norwin and Jeanette High Schools. Tom Hanks just said he's going to blow up a school. After passing the note, Dell was seen leaving the restaurant in a black Dodge Charger, which was later seen by a police officer. Dell was pulled over and admitted that he passed the note in order to get police officers to to respond to the threats at the schools so he could go rob the bank. Ah, oh, a little bit of diversionary tactic. Yeah, Dell's license plate was stolen from another car. Police said Dell planned to rob the bank. He never made it to the bank. No weapons or explosives were found in his car. The mask- and why did he select Bob Evans? Was the Cracker Barrel closed? He must have been, or it was too crowded. Uh, the mask <laughs> Dell wore made him look uh, twice his age. I know. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, step one, go yeah. to Bob Evans. As a precaution, all schools were mo- on modified lockdown as police investigated. Uh, in Arkansas, police say a man and woman tied up their roommate, put him in a closet, and then turned on a vacuum cleaner to conceal his screaming. Megan Osborne and Jordan Truillo were arrested in connection with kidnapping, aggravated assault, and theft by receiving. Police were called for a mental person call where they found Truillo sitting outside. Truillo told pe- police he lived in the unit behind him where they met Osborne. After she let the officers inside, he heard the vacuum running from inside the closet. He opened the door and found a man stuffed inside two sleeping bags with his hands and feet bound by the sheet by a sheet. The bindings were so tart, tight that he had to be cut loose. So uh, was, it, was it actually effectively drowning out his screaming? I don't imagine it would be, right? I don't know. Uh, the man said that he'd uh, been beaten while on the ground as well, and police noted bruising on his head, a cut on his arm, and blood coming from his ear. Drillo said that he and Osborne tied the man up, covered him with the sleeping bags, and put him in the trash can. Uh, God Almighty. also told police officers that they restrained the man and they were going to leave him like that while they went out to eat. At uh, Bob Evans. Uh, Trilla said that he would return later with food once the man calmed down. Okay, we'll bring you back some food. I'm mm-hmm. just going to turn on the vacuum cleaner here to, to shield your screaming. Uh, during their investigation, police also found a stolen scooter and license plate. In we also apartment. stole a scooter. <laughs> Jesus. All right, and then we'll do one more story, and we will wrap it up. Oh, this is pretty wild, man. A uh, man and a woman are dead after an SUV fell from a fourth-floor parking garage. Oh. Yeah, this is in Indianapolis. First responders of the police and fire department were called around 9.50 in the morning. The man and woman were found uh, dead inside the vehicle. Bonnie uh, Judkins was standing a few feet away from where the SUV landed at the time of the crash. She said, I had just come out of the door. The car came flying out, and I heard a big crash, and I looked over. I saw the big concrete wall 
lying flat down. About a second later, a car came face forward and flipped. Uh, Judkin said a group of people ran to uh, try and help the victims inside the car. She says by the time they got the door open, emergency crews arrived on the scene. Authorities are working to identify the victims. They don't know who they are at this point. Do they believe it was on purpose? They didn't indicate anything as of yet. So first they're going to work on identifying them. It's pretty wild. And there you go, your bizarre file for this morning. All right, we welcome back a good friend of the show. She is here to promote an event coming up, a very cool annual event. It's going to be this weekend. It's going to be on Saturday. Looks like it's going to be a good day weather-wise. And we, of course, are talking about the mutt strut. Please welcome Melissa Levy. Hello, Melissa. Hi, guys. Nice to see you. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Are you... Now, when you plan for events like this, there's a lot of work to do. It's a lot of work. There's and a lot of um, hoping that Mother Nature cooperates. And this year, I think, I think she's, she's going to be good. On yeah. our side. Yeah. 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 We've, we've had a few that uh, were not so good, yeah. but I think where, where it takes place, A, which is the, uh, the Navy Yard. The Navy Yard. And it's a beautiful place. Perfect and, place. Yep. We've had some good luck there. Absolutely. And again, as the president says, everything's looking pretty yep. fortuitous. I it's starting a little later than years past. Yes, we are getting started at 10 o'clock this year. The walk is still going to kick off at 11 and we're going to go until 2. So we've got a really full, wonderful afternoon of events that we're hoping people will stick around There's for. There's all sorts of stuff, all sorts of vendors, all sorts of pet-related stuff. Everyone yes. brings their pets out. You see a lot of... Fr- uh, familiar faces come out to these things. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, you know uh, animal tips, and 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 Kristen Herman from our sister station Ben will be there. Dave Cruz from yes. uh, XTR sister station as well will be there. Yep. We're all hosting and taking a tag team approach to getting everything done. Yes, so it goes to about two o'clock, right? Yep. It's going to yep. go till two o'clock. We've got in addition to the strut part of the event, which is a walk through the Navy Yard. It's um, the money we, shot. It's the that's yeah. right. Um, we have a, it's a really a fall festival, so we have the the whole. Marine Parade grounds down at the Navy Yard filled with activities for humans and dogs alike. Um, they're a little something for everybody. We've um, we've really expanded it this year to have um, a lot more really fun activities um, for dogs in particular to get off leash and run around. And they love and it. They, they love, love it. They, there's like a, a yeah. course that they can run and all that stuff. Yeah, and there are games. You can win prizes. And then, of course, there's the costume contest and the talent contest for dogs who really have a little extra something to show off. If you find animals <laughs> in costumes obnoxious... Leave the state. If you remotely like That's it, right. you will see stuff that will blow your mind. It's pr- it's so fun. It's, it's really yeah, funny. Yeah. People get very creative, and we really encourage that. And um, it really has turned into a really fun thing. I know a lot of people who come down without dogs just to yeah. come and dog watch and people watch, and it's just a fun time. And just so. the walk is nice. Now, it all yeah. benefits PAWS and explain what PAWS does. Yes, it all benefits PAWS. PAWS is completely donor-funded, and what we do is uh, we rescue animals from city shelters where they are in danger of being killed. We find them wonderful homes through our adoption centers and our foster network and we also provide uh, affordable veterinary care for pet owners who are struggling so it's all toward making philadelphia a no-kill city we're the largest rescue partner in philly and um, provide vet care to tens of thousands of pet owners every year um, helping families stay together helping people keep their pets rather than surrender them to shelter because when things get lean and mean a lot of times people have to give up their family pets like giving up family members yep it's tough uh, we really just want to help them stay together and keep pets where they belong with their families and uh, save people the stress of having to even think about something like that. Awesome, so, awesome. With yeah. all these uh, dogs coming together, has it ever happened that uh, little uh, puppies have been created at these events before? <laughs> we are big advocates of spay-neuter. Um, so yeah, yeah, every... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we, but there we, are condoms <laughs> for the dogs. But okay. we have to further the species at we, some point. Well, you know? I mean, we are all about rescue 
you and uh, and mm-hmm. uh, not procreating because that happens all by itself. <laughs> um, so yeah, we dogs have a lot of fun at, down at the Navy Yard. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. But, uh, there's there's there are no shenanigans. Mm, right, right. <laughs> nice. Get a room as well. Uh, so org, your best way. Phillypaws.org. That's the best way to find out about all about us. How to adopt. How to join us by supporting us or volunteering. Um, certainly, foster care is a really important part of what we do. But it's also the place for this weekend to get lots of great information about the Mudstrat. And I understand it's also on your website. It is. Well. And, and yep. Susaria will also be there with yes, us. She, she will. She has, yep. always has a blast. Got a lot so of we'll friends be there. with yep. us. So be cool. be, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, good luck on getting these Thank last you. few days and the, the, the last few details together. <laughs> yeah, we've I'm got sh- a great team and yeah. everybody's doing their part. It's going to be a beautiful day. It's really coming together. It's going to be our biggest and, and most fun yet. So we hope people will come join awesome. us. Awesome. Well, congrats yeah. on uh, another you. another year. 13 years strong. That's 13 great. 13 years. Excellent. Thank you. All right, thank you. <laughs> Melissa Levy, guys. As she said, yes, very easy to access the information. If you didn't have time to write down the websites, and I'll just go to our website, PressInstitute.com. You'll find it right there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Come back in a second. Stay close. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Ozzy, crazy train at 1023 Thursday with uh, Preston and Steve radio program. I think we should name it. I think we should rename it the Presbo and Steve Show. Yeah. Because it kind of rhymes, and everywhere I go, people call me Presbo. You know what? That should be the name of my book. Presbo. They Every, call me Presbo. No, everywhere I go, people call me Presbo. Yeah. That should be it. How about Elliot? Presbo, that is. That is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like Mr. Stallone. Uh, today, we have a lesson question, which could get you a pair of tickets to see... No. No? It could give you a pair of movie tickets from yes. Fandango. You get those. I was going to say something else, but you can go see Dr. Sleep if you want to. Uh, on Fandango. So the question that I have for you this morning, I'm going to change this up just a little bit, Nick. You wrote down some questions. But, All right. Um, Uncle Bill has a great what? Okay. Uncle Bill has great what? We heard about Uncle Bill earlier today. Can't really talk. No. But he has great what? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. Uncle Bill has great what? We found out. Uh, we are going to be doing... The Hollywood trash while you are calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood trash. And it is brought to you by the new Sprint store by Arch Telecom. You can see Jackie Bam Bam this Saturday from 2 to 4 at the new Sprint store in the Springfield Mall. Jackie will have his prize coffin with loads of goodies as well as the best deals on phone plans for the entire family this Saturday at Sprint in the Springfield Mall. What's going on, Steve? Well, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has won the prestigious Begruen Prize for Philosophy and Culture, which comes with a $1 million grant. Ginsburg has championed many philanthropic uh, causes over the years, so she plans on using the money to buy a Bugatti. Oh! Former Playboy playmates Holly Madison and Bridget Marquard are reuniting for a seance in an attempt to contact their famous ex, Hugh Hefner. Both Madison and Marquardt, who lived with and had sexual relations with Hefner, want the chance to reach beyond the grave and tell him, Ew! 
And finally, Meghan Markle had an, uh, an awkward encounter at the One World Summit when she attempted to hug the event organizer while she was attempting to curtsy. Long story short, the Dus Duchess of Sussex was publicly fisted. Oh! Now, whoa. That's your Hollywood trash. Okay. Uh, let's see if this works here. We're having some, uh, there we go, some issues with our uh, our system. But uh, it's working just fine. We'll see if we can get an answer to this question. Uh, Uncle Bill has great what? 215-263. I'm going to go to Mike for the answer. Hey, Mike. Guess what I get to do? Yeah, you. <laughs> Mike, what does uh, Uncle Bill have this great? He has great hair. Great hair. Great hair. Hang on a second, Mike. The question that Nick had originally written says, is Uncle Bill afraid of death? And then the answer was, <laughs> Mike, you got it right. We're going to give you a pair of movie tickets from Fandango. You can get into the Halloween spirit with Fandango and see Stephen King's Doctor Sleep on October 30th a week before it hits theaters exclusively through Fandango Early Access. Uh, get your tickets to see Doctor Sleep first only on Fandango. What's what year was Guess What I Get to Do? Oh, oh man. It was, uh, it was in the other studio. It, it had was, to be like yeah, it was 2006? It, yeah, five or six. Because uh, it was um, it was definitely in the other studio. You guys didn't even really know me at that point, to be quite honest. Yeah. And uh, and I was just trying to have a voice. That's why we didn't say anything when you said that. We're yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Okay, maybe this guy has outbursts that we're not familiar <laughs> with yeah. yet. Yeah. Guess what I get to do? <laughs> and just kind of went on the show the rest of the day. And now, 15 years later, <laughs> it's. I just wanted to ask because think, think, and it seems it could be yesterday, and yet it's yeah. that long ago. Yeah. It was like yeah. super dorky and really withstood the test of time. It pertained to yeah. doing uh, donuts in yeah. the snow in the parking lot. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Because yeah. we came in and it had snowed overnight and it was uh, virgin snow in the parking lot. <laughs> and Nick was really excited when he pulled in because he thought, Wee! Guess what I get to do? <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> so glad I said that. Hang on. That one I don't care about. Uh, uh, that one you don't care no. about? I, you know what I was going to um, ask earlier? Because uh, <laughs> Frank Stallone was really happy to see you guys, which, which was cool. I, but I was not on the show when you had him on last time. So that must have been Y100 either Conchie yeah, or media. It was. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it was I, a Conchie. long time ago. Was it? Okay. I've had to go. Well, we've had. I think this is the third time we had him on. I think the first time we had him on, yeah. I literally had to go pick him up. Wow. Like, I, I wasn't even on the show that day. I went to pick him up at um, Harry Katz. Harry Katz's house? is that, that Not Harold Katz. Maybe it was Harold Katz. The former owner of the Sixers? Mm, or was it Larry Katz? <laughs> <laughs> or was it Kitty Katz? Yeah. Uh, either way, the guy's not around anymore. Was it someone in the cast of Katz? No, it was not. But, like, he lived in, like, East Falls. Okay. And I had to go pick was him up Was it Grumpy Cat? It was, <laughs> was he staying with Grumpy Cat? It was Ceiling Cat. Smelly yeah. Cat. Smelly Cat. Smelly yeah. Cat. Yeah. I hope you guys didn't send me there in my 89 Buick Skylark. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a crappy car. Yeah. I remember. Well, jeez. Well, it was a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. But he was so happy to see you guys. He's great. He, he, really, well, he could not have been a nicer person. That was the first time I'd met him. And I just I was enthralled by his stories. It was a really cool interview. I it's just one of those you know we know um, like I watched a documentary called um, There's a series of them now, and uh, it's I am, and this one was I am Patrick Swayze, and so Patrick Swayze had a famous, uh, well no, had a, not a famous but a brother who was known. Now it didn't do as much. He's a character actor. He's done a, a fair amount of stuff, um, but uh, um, you know. 
It's one of those brothers that is eclipsed by the other, but still has something to offer. And mm-hmm. I, I find those stories fascinating. They used to be Joey Travolta. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, you know, who, and so all these guys who are secondary. In fact, one of the movies had, uh, I forget, it was a David Spade movie where they had a uh, support yep. group for brothers. Oh, no, it's uh, Fred Claus. Is that what it was? Yeah, so yeah, because he was—he's uh, the brother of, of Santa, Santa Claus. Santa. Oh, yeah. is, is Frank in that movie? Uh, he might be. Oh, Wait, yeah. is that that horrible movie with Billy Bob Thornton? They call her Annabelle. She likes figging. What is this? Oh, it's just a little thing we isolated. The do, 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 the do. That'd be a good alarm. Wait, did we grab what you said the other day about shoving something in your mouth? <laughs> no, I don't think we did. Oh. No. Got to give the guy a breakdown. Then. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Marissa has the date of the we. Uh, guess what I get to? Do. Um, <laughs> it was February fourteenth. It was on Valentine's Day, oh. two thousand seven. I did it for Steve's anniversary. You did there it for Lop. <laughs> Lop. Uh, and Frank. Uh, yeah, he Frank was in Fred Claus, Steve. So he was in that scene. Okay. That's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, listen, we have to to do uh, <laughs> the music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. <laughs> Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Ear Institute of Salus University. And the Pennsylvania Ear Institute offers quality care for your hearing and balance needs. Their expert audiologist will help you hear your best. For more information, visit salisuhealth.com slash P-E-I. God Smacks Sully Erna appeared on a video series called The Needle and the Damage Done to discuss his extensive tattoo work. And before he had money, Erna used to get some free ink from a friend and also got girlfriends to pay for them. He explained, I used to date strippers. And back then, they'd be like, hey... If you put my name on your arm, I'll pay for some of your tattoos. Erna added that he's had several of the names covered up over the years, but would not subject himself to have them removed with a laser. He described the pain of laser removal, saying, Imagine the world's largest elastic band slapping the most sensitive parts of your skin at 1,000 beats per second. That's what it feels like, yep. That doesn't sound pleasant. Nope. Uh, One of his major pieces is a portrait on his chest of his daughter at age 7, Erna said it's the most important tattoo that he has, adding, I know she's proud of it, but whenever she starts to act up, she's 17 now, I literally let the hair on my chest grow in and I shave everything, but I leave her with a goatee on it and a Fu Manchu. (laughs) And then she gets really pissed off (laughs) at me. That's really funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah, 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 that's really good. You should do a tattoo in a hairy area of somebody's face (laughs) and you can grow facial hair on them whenever you want. That's awesome. Yeah. Hailstormer shared a video of the band performing an acoustic version of the song Chemicals. The original track was included as a B-side on the band's record store day release, Buzz. Lizzie Hale said about the track, our song Chemicals was written in homage to those that we've lost uh, and all of us struggling with mental illness. In this song, I dip into the personal insanity that goes on inside your head because sometimes you feel like you are drowning in the whisperings of your own mind. Like you are the only one at war with your impending darkness. Uh, she added, but really, we're all in this together. We're all battling one day at a time. Uh, we, the fighters, we are the majority. So I Guess made... what we get to do. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> uh, we! Guess what I get to do! So I, <clears throat> I made the chorus an anthem and epiphany that we are all the same and most everyone you meet has been touched by mental illness. Let's lift each other and raise your horns, she says. 
Beck has shared a video for Uneventful Days, one of the two new tracks the singer-songwriter has unveiled from his upcoming uh, album Hyperspace, and the clip features cameos from Westworld. Uh, stars Evan Rachel Wood and Tessa Thompson are in the Well, video. what do you know? Along with Arrested Development cast member Aaliyah Shawcat. Shawcat? Shawcat. The clip... The clip also features numerous allusions uh, to Passback videos such as Devil's Haircut Devil's Haircut from 1996 and Sex Laws from 1999. All right, and that's it. That's all I have in music news That's for more you. than enough. I have a little bit of breaking news for you oh! if, if you would like to know. Break, break, breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies have hired former New York Yankees manager Joe Girardi as uh. the next skipper. A source confirms this to ESPN. A formal announcement is expected later today. Uh, the 55-year-old Girardi managed uh, 10 years with the Yankees from 2008 to 2017. Ten managed, years, <laughs> man! Ten! Managed to uh, beat the uh in yeah. that uh, time span. That's uh, winning World Series championship in 2009. Uh, he had a 9-10 uh, to 7-10 record over that span. Began his managerial career with the Marlins in 2006, but he was fired after one season. Uh, played catcher in the big leagues from 89 to 2003, and he won the World Series with the Yankees in 96, 98, and 99. It's a good um, hire. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and and uh, I think the players are going to like him. Um, Respect and, him? I think so. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's he's a leader in the clubhouse. He was a leader when he was the catcher for the Yankees. How's he with the media? Uh, he's good. I think you guys will like him, too. He's he'll, he's different than Gabe, and so uh, Gabe was great, and, and I liked having him. Uh, as a manager, I mean, great for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I know anytime you say anything positive about a Phillies manager, you're wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I think that uh, I think you guys are going to like Girardi as well. All right. And um, uh, Charlie Manuel staying on board. That for now, yeah. So yeah. He, we'll see if Girardi uh, changes up the Phil's bench and, and maybe replaces Charlie Manager as a, as a hitting coach. But I hope he doesn't because I love having Charlie on the bench, too. We'll see if this guy wants to have a catch with you. That's the real right litmus test. I think those days ah. were over. I think Gabe was new to uh, the coaching position and was willing to do just about anything. Uh, but this guy, who knows? Do you think, so what do you, you think? He uh, takes a brief hiatus, Gabe, and heads off to some other place? Uh, he was being interviewed by San Francisco, and uh, he'll get a job somewhere in the yep. bigs, maybe not as a, a manager right away, but um, he's he's got a career ahead of him. Yep. All right, and uh, let's see. With that, I'm going to give away my last $25 gift card for the Platinum Thursday Night Huddle. Uh, this time, it is tonight at Jersey's Sports Bar and Pizzeria. You'll find them in Glenside. is 2609 Mount Carmel Avenue. Nick will be there from 7 to 9 tonight. Chance to win all kinds of stuff. And every Thursday night this football season, uh, Bud Light's taken over a different location. You can visit WMMR.com. To learn when the Bud Light Platinum Thursday Night Huddle is coming to your neighborhood. And we have uh, two calendar girls with us tonight, too. So Melissa Kai is going to be there. Oh, and, she's uh, awesome. Yeah, she is great. And then uh, Julie Nicole, who's in this year's calendar, the 2019 calendar, so you can get your photos with them as well. Wonderful. All right, we will uh, take a break and be right back. Stay with us. Did I say what number caller? <laughs> oh. We'll just make it up. Ben uh, likes numbers. Caller number 15. There you go. 215-263-WMR. Yeah. Yeah. Back in a moment. <laughs> The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Black Keys with the song Go on 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 10.45. Oh, man. Uh, today is a Thursday. We got another day to go. And then right on the edge of a weekend. 
I was reading something the other day. It was like um, uh, things that uh, Brits don't understand about America and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Don't understand Brit. Like our friends that we had by yes, um, we were in London from the and, YouTube channel. And one of them was uh, counting Friday as the weekend. I count Friday as the weekend, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I do as well. Uh, but uh, but this person was like, it doesn't start until Saturday. But you know what? In my <laughs> mind, it's yeah. tomorrow. Every reason that validates the Revolutionary War. Yeah, that's exactly. If, it, if there's anything we've learned from this. Yeah, but our our workday also. Ends earlier than most people's work days on Friday. Yes, yeah, so. we're by by noon. We try to do noon or twelve thirty. We look to be uh, well on our. But but I think for even most, when I was an afternoon worker, I agree. Yeah. I thought no, Friday yeah. was weekend when I was a nine to five. Or because you you it, what what you get then is the ability to stay up later on Friday night, which yeah. gives you more of a regular day. Yeah, Friday. We're going to go get banged up tonight. Yeah. Guess what I get that's, to do? That's your 20s. No, 100%. Dude, getting effed up tonight. Yep. Woo! Yeah. You know what? <laughs> in in one week to from sleep. today, though, right? What? One week from today is... Oh, I forgot we have that. Yeah. One week from today is the holiday known as... Halloween! Wow. <laughs> It's outstanding. Halloween in one week, Pierre. I. It is Halloween in one week. Yes, it has been confirmed. Uh, I second that motion. Me too. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Michael Giacchino. Yay! The great composer and awesome human being. That's what he looks like. And he is serious, 100% serious about us coming to his house in Los Angeles and broadcasting live from his home in his amazing backyard. Do you know? We told him that it would start. It'd have to start at 2 a.m. Or we'd have oh to get up God. at 2 a.m. fine with to it. get it going. And and we told him we're going to have to sleep over. And he said, that's fine. Wow. He, wants to have, he wants to have a sleepover and a live broadcast from that's his house. excellent. How cool is that? But a pajama that party. Yeah. Bill Weston's like, okay, it seems to be into this. All right, right Case, you said he seemed to be. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he if said he Michael come. Tr- he said, first we do Michael Chimino's house. <laughs> he said that? Yeah. yeah, yeah Michael Chimino. Chimino. Of course he did. Uh-huh. And then we get on the a bus. The director of Heaven's Gate and Deer Hunter. <laughs> and then we get on a bus and we go up and we do a show from Guy Fieri's house. Yeah. Mm. That's a bit of a drive. He, that's Northern California. Yeah. yeah. We can do that in a half hour. Sure. Uh, but anyhow, we're going to make something happen. Michael Giacchino, uh, he is composing the Batman score and he will have the, the, the most recent project is Jojo Rabbit. Uh, which is going to be out soon in theaters, and he did that. He does everything. Is there a new Batman coming? Uh, in a couple of years. It's the oh, okay. it's the Batman. They're calling it the Batman, which they used to call uh, right. The name. And so Rob Pattinson will be playing uh, really? the Batman, and I think he is actually a very good choice. He uh, he's got the brooding thing down to a science. He's actually a legitimately very good actor, huh. and we'll see how they go. And Matt Reeves, the director, directed Cloverfield. And uh, a number of other uh, films that uh, I think are great. He, you know, he's solid director. Yeah. Is this yeah. a a reboot or is this? I mean, hasn't it been rebooted a few times like, already? Uh, a ton, a ton of times. But it, it's so it's going to be a, a younger Batman, uh-huh. and um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yep. There's uh, a couple of things I don't need to see in this next movie. I don't need to see the origin his... story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're done. We know mm-hmm. how it goes. Yeah, yep. I agree. I also want to thank Frank Stallone. Yeah. yeah. Stallone. Frank came by to promote his new documentary called Jeez. Stallone, Frank That Is. 
Uh, and there's a screening of it at the Philadelphia Film Festival. It'll be uh, Saturday morning, 11.30 a.m. at the Philadelphia Film Center. You can get tickets at filmadelphia.com. And uh, Frank's great, so it was cool to have him by here. Uh, thank you to Melissa Levy. The Mutt Strut is coming Woo! up. <laughs> Saturday. Uh, you can get the details at PrestonSteve.com. And thank you to <clears throat> Jersey Sports Bar and Pizzeria. Uh, Guess what I get to do? Nick gets to be there tonight because it's the uh, Bud Light Platinum Thursday Night Huddle tonight from 7 to 9. Stop by and see them there in Glenside. And and on to Pierre Robert. You got one of those in you? Yo. Yeah, there you go. Uh, It's been a big week. He's tired. Yeah. No, I'm I'm cooking on gas. (laughs) Huh? Cooking on gas. Or cooking gas. with gas. I'm cooking on gas. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, uh, I there's a gaseous field that comes from it a comes. spaceship, it and it uh, it creates a platform. Now, uh, normal. Preston and Steve. <laughs> now the daily letter. Been on the receiving end of that. <laughs> and the Preston and Steve show. <laughs> Is brought to you today by the letter. That's the funniest thing you've ever done. Thank you, man. Uh, D is in dumb. All right, and we have a trip for two to the premiere of Midway. <laughs> really Tuesday, cool. November 5th in Los Angeles, and the trip includes uh, two round-trip plane tickets, two nights hotel stay, and two tickets to the premiere. Midway opens in theaters on November 8th, and we will give that trip away tomorrow. It's the letter D, by the way, so good luck to you tomorrow. Uh, what's up today in the program? Really helped me out because I didn't know where the. I know you didn't know where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> worked out for everybody. Really. It really worked yeah. out. It saved it, it <laughs> saved you and the listeners a lot of pain, uh, and it helped me. Uh, on the program today, we will have a workforce block of that mighty Metallica. It's really going to be a reflection of everything that rocks today because we've got Metallica, uh, we've got the Struts, so veteran bands, younger bands, and we've got Duran Duran. We're yeah. going to do a block of them. Was Duran Duran cool. is yeah. a solid band. Amazing uh, band. Always uh, sort of, uh, you know, dismissed. And, not uh, by me. That was my yeah. first favorite band. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I can... It was the first band that I actually cared to know what the names of the band members were and wow. you know all of that. They made a comeback where they when they had that song Ordinary World, which Great I, song. I love. And so I I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to this concert. And uh I got really, really up close tickets. The whole show was fan freaking tastic. I loved every second of it. So they're a great band. Yeah, Simon's birthday Kudos is this to weekend. You. That's well, cool. we just thought it'd be fun to do and uh you know when uh, in the early '80s, MMR played Duran Duran a lot. Yeah, uh, you know, and they're one of these bands that's sort of you might think have gone away, but they really haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember seeing them at the Spectrum when they first hit, and um, it was it was the early onslaught of the video uh, MTV and all of that. But videos were present, and it was fascinating because there were a lot of young girls there. And they would do a close-up on the video screen of Simon Laban and it, and the crowd would roar, not by virtue of what the band had done musically, just seeing him, but just whoever. And then they, you know, do a thing on the drummer. Then they do the keyboard player, and the crowd would roar, not where they were in the song, but where they were on the video. Uh, it's who's the John Taylor? Was John Taylor? The, listen to the bass guitars. Yeah. No, Nick, he's the bass player. Is it Nick Rhodes? Uh, who's Nick, the guitarist? Nick, then? Nick, 
Nick Rhodes is uh, the keyboard player. Okay. And you know what? I forgot the name of the guitarist. Because uh, he was in a band called Power Station. Yeah. yeah well, Robert, yeah. Robert Palmer, right? Yep. Ro- and, Robert Palmer, yeah. Yeah, and um, I forgot who he was. But, uh, yeah, John Taylor was a bass player. He, he was another Taylor. Uh, they were brothers, I'm pretty sure. It was uh, Rip Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, it was Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Came to, you know, explosions. Exactly. Of confetti. confetti. And, you know, it was a hell of a show. Uh, Dead cool. girls like me. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't uh, he have a wig he would take off? He did, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. You have to look that up and find Rio. out. Anyway. Oh, um, Girls so on film. That's cool. And Jonathan? Yeah, Wild Boys. Wild uh, Boys. A uh, lot of great lots tunes. Lots of great songs. Yep. So we'll have some fun with that. So nice. that's the program today. All right. Uh, let's see. I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show Program. Preston and Steve Show Program. The Presbo and Steve Show. <laughs> Brought to you by Acme. Fresh Foods, local flavors, the official supermarket of the President Steve Show. Also, Wisfis, who wants you to know we stand for service. Uh, tomorrow in the studio, we will have uh, writer and director Ryan Johnson. Oh! Uh, coming by. What's he promoting, Case? Knives Out. I mean, oh, he's Knives a, Out, yeah. He, he wrote and directed the last Star Wars movie. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. That's another great guest. A lot of Hollywood guests. And this week. Knives Out is with uh, Daniel Craig. It's got a whole bunch of it. It's a, it's a whodunit. Nice. All is right, the so. Film festival, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Is the film festival still going on yes, this weekend? Is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is it through this weekend? I believe yeah. so. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, that's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. By the way, Andy Taylor. It's Andy Taylor. He's the guitarist. So. Uh, that's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you. <laughs> see you later, guys. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. I want to talk real quiet because my kids are asleep. But I hate this update. Ever since it happened overnight, nothing works. Nobody texts me. Nobody calls me. I'm getting emails. I'm sick and tired of this. cell phones. Next message. Me, 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 me. Next message. Who makes an alarm that's silent? Why would that be a setting on my phone? Now I'm two hours late for a meeting. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.